Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 143 of Final Boss TV, your wild game rating show. My name is Adam KK Bay. I will be your host this evening, as per usual, for the Legion's Holy Paladin episode. Now, there are only so many episodes left for this first Passover of all the specs in Legion. I think there's seven left. And Tomb of Sargeras, the patch 725 is on Tuesday. Tomb of the Oak is on the 20th. It's, it's all it's all happening. When we start on the second pass of shows, if you haven't heard yet, every single episode will be split. So there'll be every single show gets one single spec a treatment. It'll take even longer to get through than it already does. So be patient, but check out Twitter for the votes on the upcoming shows. That'll be done tonight, I think, or early tomorrow morning for the next four shows. So we'll know what's coming up next. I don't know what's coming up next. But first off, a big shout out to the assistant producers of the show over on Patreon. Thank you very much for your continued support. So thank you, Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Dalthier, and Quen for your continued support, making the show keep rolling. Of course, everyone is on Patreon, of course, too. Thank you very much. If you are looking for more podcasts, those exist. Currently, there are 17 of them. These are the BTS uh, show-building meet-and-greet podcasts that I put together with all my guests. Here's the one for the Holy Paladins. Here's the Blood DK one. Here's the Arms and Fury. Here's Windwalker Monk. Here's Legion So Far with Preacher. Like, that, they, they go on and on and on and on and on. So if you want more of me talking to nerds, go check out the links down below and support the show and keep going forward because you get double the podcasts. It's that easy. But enough about all this stuff. Today is, of course, Holy Paladins. Let's go around the table here and, and meet the guests, shall we? So first off, Pell, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I'm, I'm ready for this. Are you ready to talk about... Uh, we're talking about uh, Miss Weaver Monk today, right? Oh, yeah. They're they're great spec. Love them. Great. Oh, I, I don't know if I like the tone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love priming something up and then revival. Oh, oh that's yeah, where to go? <laughs> that, that's some deep-seated healer salt for revival right there. <laughs> okay. Oh gosh. But thank you very much for your time joining me on the show today. Co-guesting with you. There's Hula Hoops. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hula. Hello. Hello. I'm I'm not gonna call you Hula Mom on the show today, except for that one time. But chat might, right? That's that's how it goes. I, I think I think chat will, yes. Okay. Are you ready? Is that okay? Is that? I'm I'm so ready. <laughs> I think you're probably used to it at this point, right? Uh yeah. Okay, that's that's fair. And 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 it and it begins, and it begins. Ew, paladins are so bright, as Ketsu. But sadly, both of my guests today uh, are off camera because they're both Canadian and we wouldn't be able to deal with their incredibly flappy heads if they were both on camera. So they've, they've decided to, to spare us from that. So I've also never had two Canadian guests on the show at the same time. Um, should I be aware of anything in the way I interview you both? Do we have to talk about hockey and maple syrup and poutine? I don't know how to help me. Uh, all of the above, I think. <laughs> I think it's a boot time, eh? Oh. <laughs> There's one. 
Is there, there's no drinking game associated with this in the back end of the Holy Paladin Discord or anything like that. Hope, don't put anyone in the hospital, please. We're going to have an, an A counter. Or, or that, or, you know, mm-hmm. Something. Just, just be, be cautious. Oh, gosh. But in lieu of getting new guests, even though we were talking about this in the BTS podcast last night, trying to find new guests for the show, and I've been working um, all week, so shout out to, to Rhino and uh, Amentino helping me get guests and putting you two in these seats but i looked back on the last shows and you guys even asked me like who's been on the show before and like don't most of them like not even play anymore we found that out yeah i'm not sure any of them play yeah, anymore I think, I think they're all done yeah that's unfortunate but to get acquainted um so what do you do in the wow sphere for holy paladins i'm gonna go right back over to to hula if you want to like, introduce yourself to the internet as it were well, uh, mostly I'm active in the Discord community. I am one of the two Holy Templars. Um, I help people out with log analysis and reviews and uh, just try to give as much good information as I can. Um, other than that, I'm just uh, I'm just a lowly raider. A lowly raider. Mm. Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, anyone that's we're all set and ready for Tumus Argaris in a week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yes, very excited for the new content to come out. How long have you been healing in World of Warcraft then? Uh, since vanilla. I've been playing a Holy Paladin since BC uh, as my main pretty much nonstop. Goodness. So no, no, no wrath baby jokes can be made here. All right. Fair enough. Absolutely not. No. Fair enough. And then, Pell, how about, how about you, sir? What do you do in the, the WoW sphere for the Holy Paladins? Well, I write and maintain the Wowhead guides. Working on updating that for 725 probably later tonight. Also famous, I suppose, for making a bunch of lengthy posts on the Alpha, Beta, and PTR forums, giving feedback on Holy Paladins, and lurking in various Twitch chats. So, hmm. And how long have you been healing in, in WoW? Uh, ever since BC. Uh, started raiding hardcore sometime in Ulduar. Continued, took a break in Dragon Soul, but uh, been a Holy Paladin most of the time. Took a minor break in HFC Farm. I did progression as a Paladin and played my Resto Shaman during Farm, but wasn't a huge fan, so went back to Holy Paladin for Legion. Hmm. They, they, Holy Paladin sort of had, I wouldn't say a super bumpy road or like a tumultuous path, but as the show will sort of bounce back and forth as we go through here, it's funny to see how Blizzard has tried new things with Holy, like every expansion. Like uh, what they're doing. Like, you know, a moment of silence for Denounce, I guess, and the actual Shockadin. Yeah. Rip. F. <laughs> F's in the chat. I definitely miss Denounce. Having a spammable range DPS ability was fantastic. Hmm. I don't know that. I don't know if that was a good or bad thing because then, as will the later topic, we'll go into the whole healer DPS conundrum. So yeah, there are the F's in chat. That's fair. But so Pell, what what's out there for resources, guides, tools, etc. that the holy paladins or other healers could take take advantage of? What kind of things you get to to plug for us here? Well, uh, zero to rescue. One of the uh, theory crafters in the Hammer Wrath Discord has a great tool that he started up, the wowanalyzer.com tool. 
It helps you look through logs, shows healing contributions from various legendaries, set bonuses, shows you where you could have maybe eked in a few extra casts, should be taken with a bit of a grain of salt, but um, it's pretty good. He has a spreadsheet you can use for uh, figuring out stat weights and figuring out how long you have to oom with various cast sequences of Flash of Light and spending your infusion of light procs can be handy in some fights, and the Hammer Wrath Discord is... Always friendly, usual guides, Wowhead, Icy Veins, etc. There, if anyone needs the link, of course, I have the channel guide put together that has links to every Discord. But every every show I do, and I think only the, for the most part, it's always the healer ones, just because of how SimCraft isn't a thing for, for healers. And I see these gigantic spreadsheets. A, have no idea how they're put together. B... They're usually made by like one and a half to maybe two people. So these are ridiculous. I assume it's going to be worked on and updated for, for Tomb Gear. I don't think it's got Tomb Gear in it yet, but how yeah. these things are wild. It's just, it's magic. Dreamguard started it all up, and uh, Zero to Rescue is taking it over, and he's he's gone crazy recently, updating it a lot and adding a lot of new features and stuff. It's impressive, really. It just I'm going through all these tabs, chat. Like it, it, there's all these different, and of course there'll be links in the video description box on YouTube, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, or there these are linked in the Holy Paladin Discord. I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like there are different. Like, weights here for every single stat. So, Int, Crit, Haste, Mastery, Versatility, Leech, Item Level to Artifact. Then it breaks down traits on how they would... Ch how do you even figure this stuff out? Well, a lot of these tabs are um, the kind of the, the math and calculations that were done to affect what you're looking at now, which is just the actual... Plug in your weights. Is this item an upgrade? How many eye levels is this trait worth for me? Sort of thing. So that's just the the math and showing where it's all coming from. But for the average paladin, you just go to the spreadsheet, stick in your stat weights, your current gear, and everything, and it it's pretty uh, user friendly actually. Okay, so I, I was just digging in, of course, to the, the back end, but mostly just work off the front page for the most part here. You uh, grab the copy link here, so it makes its own Google document for you, and then you sort of run run rampant with it. Gives you your... These are really neat for healers. And then... We... Oh, go ahead. It, it's really good for us because, I mean, we don't have SimCraft. Pawn doesn't really work. You can use the spreadsheet to create pawn weights, but it's just not really a thing for healers because our stat weights are so fluid. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just great to be able to have a tool like this where you don't have to sit there and try on every piece of gear you have, see what the stats are like sort of thing, so... And the WoW uh, Analyzer... Big, big, big shout out to Zero. Oh. I don't know how... And there's a little bit that happens. See, because in my realm, like, I know that it gets put... What gets put together for Enhancement Shamans. We have the little Shaman Council. And it's like four or five people really dig into the APLs and work on SimCraft or whatever, but it's not... We don't have a spreadsheet like this. So we don't have one person that has put together this gigantic, huge, math, crazy, armory diving, or in this case, the WoW Analyzer tool... We don't have anything like that. And I wonder which one is, like, way... Because SimCraft is a very powerful tool, but... The uh, the WoW Analyzer, we had talked about this on the Resto Druid show, I believe. They had, like, a weak aura in-game that did this kind of stuff. 
But now it's fully realized in this entire website version for every healer, but I think Holy Priest isn't ready yet. Yeah. No Holy Priest yet. But this is wild stuff. And because progressions around the corner, like how, how would you use the analyzer tool? Like how many poles deep would you go in? Would you wait for like how long of a encounter wipe to really sort of look at and then fine tune? What kind of like rules of thumb do you use for the analyzer tool? My guild keeps our logs private, so I can't even use it, unfortunately. But oh. uh, it's it's really useful for figuring out, like, okay, well, if I use the this legendary over this legendary, what's the actual healing contribution or mm -hmm. this trait? Is it good here? Do I need to, like, maybe reposition a bit more to get higher mastery effectiveness? Things like that. Okay. As for, as for me, I, I use it... Um... I mean, it, it's really only been around since mostly we've been on farm. So um, typically I'll take uh, either a, a good parse that I had or a, a good um, log that I have from a fight and then compare it to a bad one and just see kind of the difference and, and why that one was so much better. Sometimes it's just a matter of, hey, we took a lot more damage. But um, it hasn't been around for too long during my progression, but I will be definitely using it for two. Do... Does, like, your whole healer core use it as well or I assume it's a shared resource between everybody but do you do you all sort of do this and then like rebuttal in your healer bind and, and whatnot and like go from there and like try to really fine tune it like every so often or is this something that like one person might figure out and then give suggestions to the healer core I don't know how that works differently in the guild settings like Pell what do you what do you do with your healers in this regard I guess um, we wouldn't really use the tool much. I feel like it's mostly a tool for self-improvement and more of a personal thing you'd use. But, um, as far as just, like, setting up cooldowns go, figure all that out in between pulls, make changes as necessary, and work around that. Okay. I've never been part of a healer core before, and the way that, like, a healer team works together with the, the, the four, the three, to sometimes two of you <laughs> in Legion Raid of Healing. So I don't know how that would, how you guys figure all this stuff out and go from there. Or who makes the decisions, if it's the healer stuff first, or if it's the, the tanks make the decisions first, or coordinator, etc. Is it anything different for, for you and your experience, or how you might approach two differently with the, the tool in full of fling now, Hula? Well, now that we have it available for so many different classes, it was just Paladins for a while. Um, I'm going to make sure, you know, my healers know it exists as well. Um, we actually, our our raid leader basically sets up our cooldowns for us. But beyond that, we actually have an in-game channel and a separate Discord just for the healers. And uh, we this is where we do a lot of our kind of theory crafting amongst each other with respect to the fights and also our individual classes. So... Um, this is probably going to crop up a lot more during tomb progression. Say, hey, you know, we're having some trouble on this boss. Everyone go analyze your logs from this wipe and see what's going on. Right. Yeah, hopefully it'll become much more of a, a common thing to go forward with. Because, again, it's always been, I mean, thinking back to the, the previous shows I've done interviewing healers like Mop and in, 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 in Warlords, there's, there was nothing like this. Healers just kind of, like, talked about it. And then, but the, the, the rise of the Google document and actual websites that do things like this is very new. Very, like, Legion feeling, I suppose. But 
we'll have to see how that works out no. going forward. Oh, what? That's, that's, that's very much the case. Like, mm. I mean, Pell and I have both been healing since TBC um, kind of consistently. And I remember back in Wrath and, and other expansions to figure out what to do. You just whispered another paladin. <laughs> hey, what am I supposed to do for this? What do I gear? What yeah. gems should I use? Yeah. You know, well, it, was, it was it was very it wasn't there wasn't a lot of resources out there other than just look at what other people are doing. So I think it's also it's, there's so much more stuff in the healer soup when you get down to how artifacts interact and don't interact your legendaries and how legendaries with talents work back and forth, depending on if there's wiggle room there or if they keep adding legendaries. So it always like changes. Well, I could use this combination on this fight. But then it wouldn't work on this one. So, hmm. So, yeah, it definitely leads you to put a lot of stuff in that stew. But we just had 7.2. We're in 7.2 right now. And 7.25 is literally on Tuesday. So the day after this show is even on YouTube, there's the patch. And these, these 0.5 patches bring a lot of much-needed change, tuning, or to the chagrin of others, tuning they don't want to happen. Rest in peace, Draft of Souls. But I don't. I, I didn't find anything major that happened with Holy Paladin in, in this in this patch, or anything that you want to denote that was important from how things have looked so far for Holy Paladins, other than your traits, I suppose. Anything of, of crazy note that comes to mind, Pel? Uh, we had one pretty significant change for guilds especially that ran two holy paladins which was uh the talent judgment of light it's when you attack a target with judgment the next 40 attacks on it would heal the person who attacked it and that had a one second cooldown so a lot of times the 40 stacks wouldn't be consumed if you had two paladins because one would be consumed first and so on and it got really awkward the more paladins there were and they changed that so that you can just use any amount of paladins, and it will consume it pretty much instantly when you use it. So that way even rep paladins and prop paladins can take the talent, and you don't have to feel bad where you have less intellect than the person, but you really want to run Judgment of Light, or I have the ring, and this guy doesn't, and a bunch of complicated things. So that was really nice in 7.2 for those people. Okay. I didn't didn't realize that was a thing. I know that it was always talked about depending on, because we have a prop paladin, and then we have the Holy Paladin, and they've always gone back and forth like who... I remember them talking about who runs Judgment of Light, but now I think they both, for the most part, run it together, or at least one of them always does. So, okay. That's significant. As, as far as the new changes coming up on Tuesday that we're seeing, we're only getting two changes. Exactly. One is pointless, not even worth talking about, which is the change to Fervent Martyr, which is we're still not going to use it, so who cares? Um, the other one is a mana reduction to Light's Hammer, which is one of our Tier 1 talents, um, the others being Bestow Faith and Crusader's Might. And this might have some impact. Um, one of the tough parts about using Light's Hammer currently, it's it's a good spell, and it, and it has it does good healing, but uh, its mana cost is, is pretty, um, pretty high. So the heals per mana haven't really been worth it up to this point, except on, you know, farm bosses or certain ones if you've got the mana. Uh, but the mana reduction might make it um, step up a little bit, come up in tomb. It's going to be something we're going to have to play around with and see um, if any fights have the stacking required for it to really shine. Yeah, it's 35% base mana uh, on live. It's 28. For those that are, that are watching, I'm using the, the PTR, so it's be the updated tooltips for the, the talent calculator. So yeah, 28% base mana was the change to. So 
a rather significant drop. But, uh, Pal, you, you brought up in the note session that the issue with Light's Hammer wasn't the mana cost. It was something else. Um, the mana cost helps a lot. The big problem is, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more later, is the new set bonus synergizes extremely well with the other talent, Bestow Faith. And Bestow Faith is also a solid talent right now. But, um, Light's Hammer, it's really good when you can use it on cooldown, but like a lot of healer spells, if you can't use it exactly when it comes up, a lot of times it falls behind the other options. Holy Prism suffers from the same thing, where, you know, maybe you want to save Light's Hammer for an extra 20 seconds, well, then you're losing a lot of value because you might lose a cast over the fight or things of that nature. So it's very fight-dependent, but I, I also foresee Bestow Faith remaining the king just because of its synergy with our new set bonus. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's all I could find. That's, that's literally everything for 725 for Holy, which is that... That's a good thing, though. I mean, look at, like, Enhancement Shaman. I have paragraphs. You look at Warriors, mostly arms, paragraphs, right? And in most of the cases, those are always, like, reasons to have good things. But if you're in a spot that you don't need a bunch of tweaks, so that's fine, right? So Holy Paladin doesn't really do you think it doesn't need anything right now. Is the, the kit working fine? Everything is moving along. Healer balance, etc. Everything feels fluid so it didn't need anything in this 2-5 yeah, I think so I think a lot of it too is just the world we live in of legion with artifact traits and set bonuses and legendaries and all the synergies between them blizzard can do like a lot of tweaks to the class performance wise through legendary set bonuses and adding new traits that buffing the base kit usually isn't as prevalent with healers, especially because Blizzard up until patch 7.2 did an incredible job with healer balance. It's the best I think I've ever seen it. And then 7.2 happened and everything went to shit because Resto Druids. Yep. <laughs> well, well, because Resto Druids. They, they have, they've received some, I mean, that's getting I, looked at now. So I think the, the one thing I thought was funny is that their Resto Druids aura got turned down like 4%. And that was like the only major, change at first and i saw the the memes on twitter they're like minus four percent of the rest of you that'll fix it <laughs> but we'll have to wait and it's see actually, there's yeah, a lot of things with rest of druids because their set bonus right now is really good and the synergies with their set bonus and like double rejuve and you're just throwing rejuves and they're bouncing everywhere and mm -hmm. so losing their set bonus from Nighthold is going to be huge assuming they drop it i'm not a proficient resto druid so maybe they'd even keep the nighthold set bonus but assuming they upgrade that's a big healing loss in terms of that and the four percent nerf one of their talents got a slight nerf that they always took mm. i think it works out to like they lose seven to nine percent overall healing could be wrong on that including the four percent base nerf which puts them roughly in line with where they should be realistically okay i'm okay with that you okay with that pal yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, Cultivate taking a 16% hit as well. Okay. Yeah, I this... mean, Pell made a really good point that the balance going into 7.2 was the best we've ever seen. Like, all the healers, 
not interchangeable in terms of their utility and kits, but the throughput was just, it was right on with everyone. And then 7.2 with the new golden traits, suddenly druids are just taking off. And I mean, all the other healers were looking up and seeing these druids kind of thing like, oh, and their, their new trait was really, really strong. So I guess inst instead of changing that, they've just decided to nerf the throughput in other areas to kind of come back in line. So speaking of your, your new traits, so the Silver Hand got tears. It's, it's munificence. It means like great. It means like great gesture or generosity. So you've got extra range on tears deliverance, five percent more healing on the base spell, and the bonus healing it gives up by five percent, which it's your ninety-second little like fire and forget smart heal. So that's something. You also got stoicism. Which, when I was writing the notes, I actually giggled a little bit. Because this is... Oh, so good! Real good. And then, you got Sacred Dawn. Which, in a bubble when it currently sits. So all allies inside your Light of the Dawn receive 10% increased healing from your spells for 6 seconds. And those were your new traits. Uh, Yay. <laughs> yeah, they're boring and weak. But, but Light of the Martyr won't heal you as much, or hurt you as much, rather, sorry. It, even if we're using it, which we don't really. Oh, that spell wants to be good so bad. You know it does. Blizzard wants Light of the Martyr to be a thing so badly. Um, but, and I'm not, I'm, Light of the Martyr, for what it's used for, is a great spell. It is an emergency. I'm moving. Holy Shock is on cooldown. Light of Dawn's on cooldown. I can't sit and flash someone. Someone's going to die. I'm going to light a martyr them to save them. Right. It's not a filler spell. They want it to be a filler spell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good in that scenario. I think that's hopefully all they try and do with it. They have some attempts previously, like what I thought was kind of cool was the previous incarnation very early in Alpha of Light of the Martyr, the stoicism trait, is it would put, like, every time you Light of the Martyr somebody, a mini Hand of Sacrifice on them for 10% damage. So, like, you Light of the Martyr them, and then you take 10% of their damage for a few seconds, but that likely would have been broken because you could just permanently redirect 10% of all damage tanks take to you and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, chat brings up. You light of the martyr with a flash of light for the double wombo if it's delia needed, like for like really fast, because you can layer it on the the the, the GCD before it because it's an instant. So it, it, yeah, it's good on some fights too. Like on Gul'dan, we've probably seen the most use of it because when you're moving or getting pushed back in phase two before the bug where the pushback doesn't even work properly anymore, uh, it was really handy for clearing debuffs and if somebody was dying to an eye, you could quickly hit them with the Light of the Martyr and hopefully save their life. I think what we say, typically you want like two to two to three casts per minute of a fight. It's kind of a good usage. Like you don't want to not use it because you're, because not using it, you're basically saying there's zero situations in this fight right now where I need to use an instant cast to save someone's life. And if that's the case, then I mean, your guild is fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, yeah. But, I mean, it's very, very rare you're going to find yourself not not needing to use it, you know, a couple times. But you don't want to see a log breakdown where Light of the Martyr is your, you know, top five heals. That means someone's using it too much and they're actually doing a detriment overall. Because, I mean, when you look at the math, the fact that it doesn't beacon transfer and the fact that it actually does damage to you, um, it's actually our least efficient heal. 
the net throughput of Light of the Martyr is less than every other spell, spell we have. Um, people think it's really good because it heals for a lot, but then you don't take those other, other things into an account. And it's actually the net throughput is less than everything else. So you want it to only be an emergency heal. Hmm. I think that's a problem with one of the add-ons. I'm not sure if it's a recount, Scotta, or which, but one of them doesn't subtract the damage you take. So you see people who just have used that specific add-on and they're in their pug. It's like, wow, I'm doing so much healing. I'm Light of the Martyr spamming. And it's like, yeah, but you aren't. And they go to logs. And it comes out in logs, and they go, oh, wow, that actually wasn't what I was doing. Yeah. It's gotten better as time goes on, though. It, Holy Paladin's kit overall has always been very single-target focused, and they wanted to have this, you know, the, the, the Paladin is this, you know, the protector imbued with the light, and they, they, you know, they shield you, or they just kill what's attacking you, right? You know, purge the wicked and evil. Or the Holy Paladin thing is that they'll because you have the extra HP built into the kit, which mostly just means that you just have more HP to survive mechanics, because it's supposed to be built in there because of Martyr, and the martyrdom of of this, and then the Blessing of Sacrifice hurting you as well, which it didn't really work out that way. It didn't, like, moosh itself together in that regard, because over the course of a whole fight, like, how much damage do you take to yourself from Light of the Martyr or Blessing of Sacrifice? Like, very... Very, very little. So yeah, R of sacrifice fits into that too. If you take that talent, but we'll talk about that later too. Oh, oh yeah, there's plenty about about that. So, but that's that's about it for your, your seven point two talents and your your huge changes in seven point two point five. Massive change. Massive changes. So I guess that that leads me to to ask a whole slew of questions that have come together from either my experience or discord or sort of the rumblings I hear from, from my viewers on the stream is that everything and I opened the show with things changing in Legion and how Blizzard always sort of like tries to fix things and that they like fist weaving for mist weaver, which we'll get to them. Then the last healer, it still exists, but it's not the same. You know, the stance of the red crane isn't really the same thing. There's no eminence anymore. Discipline now is, Hopefully, in 725, when we revisit them, we'll see if they really are fixed and their mana cost problems, and they actually can just, you know, DPS to heal in that, that situation. But every time an expansion comes through, they always sort of try to change it up, right? You had, like, the, the damage to mana nonsense before, or you had all the healers had way too many cooldowns, they could heal all the move, and no one, who cares? So, how does Holy Paladin play in... Legion, like how how does it work out in the A? Like, are you just tank healers still because of Beacon? Because they rolled that in baseline. Like, how does that work out, and how is that like filtered out over the past you know nine months now? And Pal, you want to open this jar of worms? Sure. Um, we haven't really been tank healers since Wrath of the Lich King, Cataclysm. Some guilds still were like, "Oh, the Paladins only heal the tanks," but as time has gone on, that's died out because. With Beacon, right, you want to heal other people, so your Beacon's effective, so every time you're healing the tank, you're technically doing less healing, you get a little bit of mana back, but it's alright. And he Paladins specifically just excel at doing tank healing, but also spot healing at the same time. So on a fight like Gul'dan, we're perfect because eyes are destroying people as tanks are eating Felsice, and you're like, yeah, this is what I'm great at, and then things like that. We're also pretty good at stacked healing, because our mastery just... It's over-budgeted when we're clumped up together on a fight like Elisand, especially with things like Light of Dawn. So we're great at that, but on spread fights like Star Augur Ejections, 
our throughput is generally lower, but the healing we bring to those people is guaranteed to save them because Holy Shock's crit for over a million and Flash of Light's crit for over a million, and it's great. You see those health bars just jump up real quick, and it's very satisfying. Now, I want to take a moment in case you don't know and you're watching this as another healer and you haven't played Holy Paladin and you want a refresher. So your mastery, yeah, that did change. And that was a really interesting, controversial one at the beginning of Legion because Lightbringer reads, Proximity to your target causes your spells to heal for up to 12% base more. And I was when I was testing this, I had coined the whole circle of forgiveness or aura of forgiveness, like how far you have to be to gain the maximum amount. Because at max distance, mastery is at 0%. But then, is it still within like eight yards of your target? You have full mastery in that circle of forgiveness, as it were. It's eight yards, right? Or is it different now? Yeah, it's still eight yards. Okay. But you have to be the closer you are to target, the more you heal them, basically. Yeah. Which uh, it scales linearly as you get further away. As you said, at forty yards, it's zero rule yeah. of law kind of changes that a little bit. But um, around thirty yards is where it starts to get really bad. Most fights, though, you can get eighty percent mastery effectiveness, which means those few fights where you get like ninety to ninety-five percent on like Croesus and Elisand, it starts to shine a lot there. But and what about your your side of things, Hula? Like, what have you seen? as the evolution of Holy Paladin, how it plays in Legion. Because then there's then there's all of the, like, what, what have your priorities changed? Or was there anything really major? Did Lightbringer make the changes that you're... Because you, you're kind of like a melee healer, sort of, but you are. There are talents and synergies that make you, like, you, you be in melee, and you basically handle that clump. And you can obviously heal the range that are way over doing whatever they're doing right now, but you don't typically see Holy Paladins just standing at ranged and then only just healing them. Unless you have double Holy Paladin, maybe? How does that work out? Yeah, I mean, we, the word that is typically used to describe our healing playstyle now is triage. We're triage healers. So, um, actually not too long ago in the Hammer Wrath Discord and the Holy Channel, we were kind of joking around a bit and we were assigning each healer class to a, a position in a hospital. And uh, Holy Paladins, we are that ER doctor. That's our job. We save lives. Um, whereas, you know, the other people, the, the druid is the naturopath, the doctor who comes in and tells you to do all these other stuff beforehand. Um, but that's, that's our job is to save lives. So we're not sitting there blanketing, you know, the raid with, with proactive, you know, absorbs or hots or something. We are looking to see who's dying and it's our job to save them. And the bonus of that is at the same time we're saving all these other people, the tanks are get a consistent, you know, constant stream of healing from us as well. And like Pell said, like it, we've gone to a, a place where I remember uh, in Wrath, Nax on, um, you know, in those fights where you're you're literally just sitting there spamming Holy Light on your tanks. That's all you do. You just t target your tank, spam Holy Light. And now when we look at logs and people are saying, you know, my healing's really low, my beacon's healing is low. What am I doing wrong? And we say, don't direct heal your tanks. You know, unless they're going to die, save them, of course, but you don't want to do that. It's, it's the playstyle has definitely gone away from we're tank healers to we are passive tank healers while keeping other raid members alive. Hmm. There's... We do have some interesting things, like we have an artifact trait that makes it when our tank dips below a certain health threshold, our next direct heal on them heals for double. Mm, that's handy. There, I'm going to read this. So, 
how, what's the tooltip actually say? Let me see here. So yeah, lights beacon. You place a beacon of light on a friendly target. Your heals on other party or raid members also heal the beacon of light for 40% of the amount healed. And flash of light and holy light on the beacon will refund 30% of their mana cost if you directly, directly heal them. Only flash and holy light though. But every other heal spell transfers except like what what doesn't transfer to the beacon of light target then light of the martyr light of the martyr doesn't and there are certain spells it doesn't say it anywhere in the tooltip yeah. so if you haven't been paying close attention um certain spells transfer at a reduced rate like holy prism lights hammer and light of dawn i forget if it's 15 or 20 percent they it's transfer good. yeah 15 percent and that also plays into earlier with Light's Hammer. It transfers at 15%, whereas Bestow Faith transfers at 40%, that type of thing. So single target heals are 40, AoE ones are 15. But they do still... See, and that's just... Not to... Not to beat a dead horse, as the phrase goes, but every show I feel like I run into these issues where... Oh, there are tooltips in this game that don't actually say what they do. Hmm. Because yeah. unless you... <laughs> Unless you math that out and, and do it all on your side and then put that into a guide or construct it somewhere, then who's going to know that that's what happens? And that's just... It's very prevalent in World of Warcraft. We kind of just get used to it, I suppose. But... Healing teams... Oh, go ahead. Hula, you had something? Oh, sorry. I, oh. I think there was a post about it when that, they first made that change. Oh. And then it, and then it just it got buried. That, mm. that was it. If you didn't see it... Um, other than actually being, you know, having access to the guides and all the stuff in the Discord, uh, you wouldn't know. Well, fantastic. The, the jokes in chat about, like, why you even play Holy Paladin when you can bring five Resto Druids to all the same caliber if you're, I mean, I... So what healing team is that question that sort of segues in there. So do you have... You obviously have your own roster, but do you have a preferred healing team that you have... That it works the best together as a three or four or you know how many you know player unit. What does your like healer team look like if you could just pick and choose whatever you want for like you know any slew of fights? And I'll go to Hula on this one. What do you what do you think? Right now, I really I want a paladin. I want a shaman. I want a jurid. And right now, I'm really liking holy priest as the fourth. That might be because the holy priest I raid with is exceptional, um, but. Beyond that, it's I like shaman. You want that slink? Druids just—they're so good. They're—they got the two-minute trank. Um, Holy priests have fantastic throughput potential uh, if they're played properly. Um, so that would be my top four. I would the disc priest could also come in possibly instead of the holy priest, depending on the fight. Um, and I guess maybe a monk. <laughs> the trail off there. Maybe, so... maybe a monk. <laughs> I or maybe a second druid. <laughs> I mean, my, my only healing, my healing alt is a Mistweaver, and just a lot of fun. I just feel that they, I wonder how they're going to feel after they're getting some pretty targeted changes in 725. So we'll have to wait and see how that moves them around. Pell, do you have a, a similar thought to your healing team? Or what are your thoughts on that? 
It works out roughly to the same. I think in general in this game, it's been the consistent trend going back for a long while now where the Holy Paladin and the Resto Shaman are the mainstay just because Resto Shamans bring so much raid cooldowns and Paladins have Beacon. And then the other two to three slots are just interchangeable depending on tuning at the time. Right. Holy Priests are looking strong going into Tomb. Resto Druids were strong. We'll see how they fit. I think they're going to be pretty strong too. Uh, Mistweavers, kind of hard to say right now how good or bad they'll be but they could be strong again like they were in HFC. And there just aren't enough healer niches to go around, it feels like. Monks are going to be that sleeper sleeper healer class in Tomb. They have a very Resto Druid feel, especially with the change to Essence font, basically being Wild Growth. Like, it heals more people, heals for more. It's just like a channeled version of Wild Growth, essentially, where it like keeps like randomly hitting people and then giving them the hot, right? So, and it has a cooldown. We'll have to wait and see. Revival has definitely been gutted. It's definitely not, even with like super high spell power and gearing. It's it's it it. You don't really, you see it on everyone. And I revival in the Terran Mill versus South Shore was hilarious. But it's forty people in like a twenty man raid setting. You don't. The, the the punch is definitely not there as it used to be. It used to heal your entire raid to full health from, like, dead back in the day, but that's no longer the case. But the argument and, that I think is brought up a lot is that they don't bring much. Yeah, and, and their the throughput generally, like, they, I, I believe, currently, the, in order to get high throughput, it's very mana-intensive for them, so... Um, and if you have a monk, I mean, you're going to want to give your Wisdom Innervates to maybe a Disc Priest or Resto Druid or Holy Paladin. Um... <laughs> But uh, but it's it's just not it hasn't really seemed worth it to bring them for those exact reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, revival still it's still noticeable. It's still kind of when you, when you get a revival and everyone's like, you can still feel it sort of its impact. But it's nowhere near like it was in HFC. Like oh hey we're all dead. Oh hey we're all at full health. Right. Yeah. But we still get angry when they revival over our you know aura mastery. <laughs> right. You bring up wisdom and innervate, and that's the next topic here. And. The, the power and mandatory nature of Wisdom and Innervate and bringing your Red Paladin, bringing your Balanced Druids, bringing your Resto Druids. And these two abilities, which is funny, Blessing of Might is long gone. Thank you. We only talked about that in beta for months, that Blessing of Might would be a toxic, egregious problem. Lo and behold, it goes the, 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 uh, the way of uh, Aspect of the Fox, because... But now we have this Wisdom and Innervate conundrum. Wisdom, to a lesser extent, Innervate is definitely something. So the topic I have written down here is the Super Saiyan Holy Paladin moment in the light. And there's some nonsense here. Pal, you want to walk me through the, the nonsense and why Innervate is just way too good to not have in a raid? Well, generally it fits into just, you know, with both Innervate and Wisdom... They're too powerful right now, I feel like, and too important. It's cool that, like, you know, they're there. And I kind of hesitate to say that, too, because they're not required, per se. Like, okay. you can do high-end Mythic progression without uh, Brett Paladin or Boomkin or whatever. Boomkins are really strong, so you generally want one or two of them. But if you drop a Wisdom, it's like, oh, the healer loses some throughput, but we'll be fine. But when you look at parse culture and the world we live in of farm and you see you know so and so is rank one of this class and then you look and they're like this guy got four innervates and a wisdom well <laughs> you can't really 
compete with that unless you class stack to that right. nonsense level. And Innervate feeds in really well to R of Sacrifice, where you line up everything for this perfect moment where you have Tears Deliverance going, you have Holy Avenger going, you have Avenging Wrath up, and if you use Velens, it's generally a good time to use it there, even though it doesn't redistribute the overhealing. And then you pop it, and you do insane amounts of healing that no healer can compete with, and you can literally solo heal anything for 10 seconds, and you feel like a god. But then you have no cooldowns for another three minutes, and you're like, oh, well, that was cool. And if another healer uses their cooldown there, it eats into your moment a lot. So that's that's all on the back of Aura of Sacrifice, though. Like most primarily, of it, primarily, right? So this is one of the new things. This brings up the Aura talk, and mostly about Sacrifice. So uh, that the passive on it, not a huge deal. It's when you activate Aura Mastery, fifteen percent of all effective healing you deal is replicated to all allies in the Aura for 10 seconds. It turns you into this super-powered light Super Saiyan healing stream totem that is determined by your your healing, your throughput. So, Hula, what, what do you take on this? Have you ever, like, really used this during progression? Like, that, that moment? Like, is it a thing you plan around? Or... Because you, you have to sort of set up for this, right? Yeah, sack is not the kind of thing you walk into a progression fight just going, I guess I'll use it at some point. It <laughs> needs to be planned around. Yeah. Um, and I know we, we spoke about this last night, but I believe Pell and I are very similar in that. Um, and this, this is a controversial topic in the Hammer Wrath Discord. My view is sack is not a progression talent unless the fight specifically has damage patterns that call for it. For EN and Nighthold progression, I used Sack twice, and that was on Ilganoff and Croesus. And Ilganoff, just when you were, uh, this is Mythic, of course, when you were, you know, blowing up 10 blobs at a time, the Ikers, Ikers, whatever, um, mm -hmm. you needed Sack, and, and that was the only fight I used it on. And in EN, it had uses in Scenarius dependent, but, and then in Nighthold, I used it on Croesus just to cover that um, that orb slam, orb, or burning pitch orb slam combo mm -hmm. at the, like 230 mark and sack did incredible healing there but again you have to make sure no one else is using their cooldowns and you've got your stuff saved up so i've got tears rolling i've got wings up holy avenger if i've specced it valens if i've got it um these kinds of things you just kind of make it can cover intense damage but it's very rare on a progression fight you're going to see the damage patterns coming in where sack is going to be worthwhile i used mercy on everything else other than augur i used devo hmm i know when i saw this this talent back in beta i honestly thought it was just like a joke but it's funny to see how it has become when you stack all this other stuff onto it it can be incredibly powerful but it has definitely has a niche which is good i just uh, moving forward because of your tier 20 on the horizon which more on the tier stuff after the break i wonder if more shenanigans will come to play because i think you've talked about how like double holy paladin is not good and in situations it's, it's interesting but depending on the encounter, I could see how you could have, like, Restoration Shaman, Double Holy Paladin, and you would have so many big raid-wide heals if a fight calls for it. We don't... The fights in Tomb are different than Nighthold because they've been developed with the patch... with the expansion actually out. 
they weren't made a year and a half ago. So I do wonder how will we'll, how healers will adapt and change and and things will work. Had an honorable mention here for the uh, the ever present SLT Spirit Link Totem with Darkness. As still being probably one of the most ridiculous healing Kulo combos. Have you both experienced the magic that is yes. the dark Oreo cookie or whatever? Yeah, on Ilganoth um, progression, my guild, we had this link, we had the darkness. And it'd be really funny if you have your meters kind of rolling at the same time. And I'm, you know, I've got sack and I'm doing the Super Saiyan thing. And suddenly my demon hunter is top on the healing meters. I'm going, what is this? And, it, you know, darkness is super, super powerful. And, and Slink just makes darkness and, of course, our sack ability also so much better because, right. as you said, sack is dependent on effective healing. So any overhealing is not going to redistribute. Uh, so we need people to actually be taking damage. So Slink basically guarantees that. I've made the mistake once of, you know, waiting for the big hit on Croesus to come and priming a flash of light to hit right afterwards, doing it on the Warlock, who took no damage. Suddenly I have no sack healing. Mm -hmm. So that was my bad. But, I mean, it, it, having Slink just makes that just that much of a better cooldown. Which, that's that's a... Darkness aside, the way that healing teams work, and how we've talked about this in every healing show so far in Legion, definitely is that... Do you feel like more of a team, though? Like, your ability can help feed to this ability, and, you know, that, that healing cooldown can then tie right into yours, or... Uh, there's a little bit of back and forth where not one healer can do everything themselves outside of, again, lining up all this nonsense with sacrifice, but that's, again, once every three minutes. So, I mean, Pell, do you feel like you're more of a team than previous expansions where you work together more in a, a cohesive environment in raid healing and in progression? I definitely think that's true to a certain extent. The... Um... Cooldowns, there are synergies like with Arvzak, Darkness, Spirit Link, etc. Um, generally, you don't want to overlap cooldowns too much because one of Blizzard's goals of this expansion and healers, I remember early on, was they wanted raid cooldowns to be less impactful mm. so that, you know, <laughs> you don't have those moments where the entire raid's dying and then somebody uses a cooldown and everyone's topped up and then because that makes problems where they have to tune damage the next raid tier so that everybody's dying and it's... Uh, endless battle of who's doing more of the healers or the bosses doing more damage. I, they kind of failed on that, I think, to some extent, but him and Trank are good examples of where that's done well, where they're powerful, but they're not, you know, going to instantly top up your whole raid. So, there is that. Okay. Yeah, and I think, I think approaching things um, with, the, with the eye of, you know, it's not me healing the raid, it's us. And doing it that way, and you kind of... I mean, this comes a lot just into play when you're, like, pr planning your cooldowns ahead of time. But additionally, I mean, with good communication, it is... I mean, okay, I'm going to be really cringy. My healing group and my guild were not a team. We're a family. Oh, uh, good <laughs> God! <laughs> well, oh, they, fine, made me, they made me say that. But, um, but no, when in, especially in the fight, like, when we're doing stuff, if one of us, you know, will communicate we're out of range of someone, someone will pick us up. Um, you know, this kind of stuff. And it is really kind of, we approach the fight as a group. We're all healing this together. Sure. And that helps with cooldown sort of thing. And, and, you know, it translates into farm when I want to get a good parse and I'll tell the druids to sit on their ass. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I've done. But it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, like, we are approaching it together. It's not just I can do everything. But it's because we can't do everything alone. 
I cannot keep the tanks up 100% by myself. They need hots rolling on them. They need mm -hmm. some heals from other people. They need, you know, externals from other people. I can't keep, you know, the rogues up by myself 100% on Gul'dan. I need some, you know, help on that. So I think it, it does, definitely comes into the fact that we are doing this together. Right. Yeah, I think... Yeah, there's a lot of little intricacies with that because I guess an example is, as a healer, you need to think about what the other healers are doing and know their class. That's why I play a lot of the healers is... A good example I can think of that recently is on Elisand, right? Where you have the healing range and the Eflo is going and the Light of Dawn is going in melee range, but the ranged are the ones, the ones that are baiting the uh, temporal orb or whatever, the puddle. They're the ones at risk of dying, so the priest should theoretically be sanctifying those people because the melee are covered with all that ground stuff and you're working together to make sure you're not sniping the other people's heals and... Or, if you want, snipe their heels and assert dominance. That sort of thing. <laughs> assert dominance. Yeah, it's it's an interesting way that this game is sort of continuously to try to change and evolve the, the way the healing works. And I think Legion, for the most part, looks like it's all positive direction. I don't think anyone misses the do damage to get your mana back nonsense or that nothing mattered and everyone triaged their face off passively in late mop where... You, you could just kind of like cast one heal, then pfft, everyone's full health and doesn't matter. That was that was a problem. That didn't feel great, but we're, we're at a interesting equilibrium here, and I wonder if that will continue and to uh, to not get nonsensical in Legion. But recently, actually up right now as of recording this, uh, Mage Tower challenge. So the healers all share the same exact one which is the end of the Risen Threat Mage Tower Challenge. You guys get to... Have you both completed? And then what are your thoughts on the fact that every healer does the exact same one? Because the, the reason why I bring that up with that, that sigh is currently, with 4725, all the healers are getting a lot of DPS buffs across the board, and there's a lot of damage to be done in the healer challenge, but Holy Paladin's doing damage totally fine. So, Hula, what do you think of the... How did you do with the, the Mage Tower challenge and how that... How that worked out? I haven't, I haven't completed it yet. Um, <laughs> I just don't have patience. I've done... Oh. I think I've gone in there five times total. Oh, okay. And just said, screw it. Um, every time it's up, <laughs> I'm at work or I'm reading or... I mean, my hours in game are relatively casual. So I'd rather get my world quest done than sit there and try to do this. I mean, I got, I've got i gotten to the end almost every single time, but I just, you know, the thing that to me that's frustrating is that the healer one's really long. So mm, if you get okay. to the very end and you die, suddenly you're starting all over again. I'm like, I don't have 20 minutes to devote to this right now. So, um, but the one thing I did notice at your point exactly is there's a lot of damage to be done and the more damage you can do, the easier it's going to be for you. And I'm sitting there going, and I, I have a resto druid as well. And um, I'm sitting here going, I don't know how well I would do this on my druid. Like, the damage portion would, would kind of stump me. I mean, I'd have to go probably Feral Affinity, but um, I wouldn't be able to heal at the same time. What about you, Pell? How's the Mage Tower challenge? Uh, I've done it on pretty well all the healers. I didn't struggle with it at all. I did all the healers in under five attempts. My Paladin the first night, I did it on my third attempt, I think. So didn't really struggle with it too much. The damage requirement, it's there if you want to do it, but none of the encounters that I ran into required damage. You could, you know, attack this mage and beat it before it gets its next blitz off, or the last boss, you can try and beat a couple puddles, but 
they're tuned in such a manner you don't need to because it's a lot easier to tune health numbers with the NPCs because the NPCs are doing damage to the boss. You can make it work from Blizzard's end, and it works out reasonably well. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that there's there's a back and forth on that because lots of a lot of paladins, holy paladins, getting the challenge them really early, early, early others, and then I heard like I didn't know about it at the time. But I heard that why it's like the tank challenge, right? There's so much DPS in the non roles that don't specialize in DPS in all these challenges. Like the tank one is ridiculous. Like it's been nerfed three times because of damage requirements and the HP on the mobs all this nonsense. Like, but the tanks. And what I hear about how the, the the healer challenge has a ton of extra damage that you need to do, but you're a healer. I I think this could have been a little bit better that focus on what the class is doing and not that they all do DPS. Because even in some of the DPS ones, you kind of just stand around a lot in some places. And you don't actually do damage. You're just like waiting for things to, to move forward. So in some of the DPS challenges, there's less damage than I've heard about. Like the tanks are always like all these benchmarks and killing these eyes and legendaries having a really big effect on the tank ones, the prop paladin ones specifically. They're fun but i guess hit or miss so i think one it felt like uh looking at the other ones what they were trying to do was beyond the um the proven challenges sort of thing where it's like how well can you heal these mm -hmm. other ones are like how well can you heal and contribute to damage and do mechanics and sort okay. of things so it felt like that's how they made it more of a challenge is adding these extra factors to it fair enough Extra factors aside, before we move on to the mid-show break here, are there any bugs or, or major broken things of note with Holy Paladins right now that you want to bring up or alert your fellow Holy Paladins of? Any wonky things? I didn't find anything, but anything broken there's, or wonky with... There's two that come to mind, I think. One is, uh, again, with the tooltip bit that we mentioned earlier, uh, with R of Sacrifice specifically, it says 50% or 15% of all effective healing. It's not actually all effective healing. It's very few spells, mostly your single target spells. Things like Judgment of Light and all those ones that have the reduced speaking transfer, Light of Dawn, etc. don't transfer at all. So when R of Sacrifice is active, you actually don't want to cast Light of Dawn. You want to cast a Flash of Light instead. And again, another bug with R of Sacrifice. It might have been fixed by now. It's hard to say, but it's supposed to stop the damage transfer at 75%, and sometimes you just die, and that's always <laughs> wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the passive effect. Because what, what does it read here? It says, uh, while you are above 75% health, 10% of all damage taken by allies within 10 yards is redirected to you. And so if they, if they get wombo comboed too hard, you just die. Yeah, yeah it's, it's basically in situations where the entire raid takes massive damage. It's like you take your portion of that from everyone, but, and it, it counts it as all being before at that 75% health threshold. Mm -hmm. If you're taking 10% of 19 people's damage on top of your own, and sometimes you just you just, you just just fall over. You just fall over. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that happens, though. It's only happened to me twice, but... I'm always wary of it. I'm always like, is this the pull where I just die and we have to wipe because of the stupid bug or not? <laughs> I but... explode. Yeah. yeah. Well, it fair could enough. have been fixed. Hasn't happened in a while. I bet it's something with, with, with 
it's gonna be combat log polling because when all the damage effects happen at once, the game thinks that all of them should hit you because you are above the actual health amount you need to be. But because the game can't say like, well, these nine events put you to 75%, but the other 10 would be after, but they don't, it doesn't know, like it can't parse that fast. So they all just hit you in the face. So yes, simultaneous. Right. It's a small amount. I mean, with the way that the servers work now too, and how fast we do packets back and forth now with the new infrastructure that, that came in Legion, I think it's it's one of those things that it's it works like that because it's how fast the game will talk to you back and forth. But double-edged sword in that regard that it actually works against you a little bit. And but, it hasn't happened to me since Ursoc, so. Oh, with like the roar, would you just die? The um the charge. Oh god. Yeah, I, I just I just fell over. <laughs> and I was at full health going into it and suddenly, yeah, it was it was a sack death. Like we looked through the logs going, how'd you die? So nothing else though, right? Everything else seems pretty squeaky clean. That's good. As far as bugs, yeah, there's no other really bugs. I mean there's obviously stuff that we'd like to change, but I mean bugs and wonkiness, no, that's all good. Okay. We'll save those for later. Because right now, I'll take a moment real quick to to plug some things and let you guys know about what's happening with the show in the future. Again, if you didn't hear the introduction part, all of the future shows, once we get through these next seven, the next four shows are votable on Twitter. So you can go follow the link to my Twitter down below if you want to go vote on the next four shows. And there's three more after that. So seven more shows to go. And then we'll be into the second pass or second half of the Legion interview show, Junket. Every show will have its own spec. Like, there'll be no more Holy and Disc together, no more Arms and Fury together. All the pure DPS specs will all be solo, so there'll be three Hunter, three Warlock, three Mage, three Rogue shows. So that's that's a lot of time. That's like almost four months just to cover those, so it'll take more time. But everyone's been asking about it for a long time. Can we devote one each show to one spec like the other ones do? So we're going to split them all up for the basically Argus Junket, essentially, the end of Tomb into Argus. So check out for those in the future. Of course, if you would like to go you know, some resources about the show or the other social links, of course, and, and friends and things that I approve of, the, the, the favorited stuff here, or the schedule for the show or past shows in a more organized little Google document format, if you are into that, there is the channel guide linked here or on the show. If you want to go back and even look at the old Legion coverage that I did during beta, all the coverage that happened... There are some funny things people have been telling me they've gone back and like randomly watched their spec uh, second pass and seen how much has actually been changed because I did all this coverage back in beta. That's listed on the channel guide. That is linked, of course, down below for you. And if you've missed the live show before or missed past episodes, the show is audio only via the website, just finalboss.tv, or you can look up Final Boss TV on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music for the audio-only version, or all the cuts get put up on playlists on YouTube. They get put up on playlists by years, so the 2017 season, the 2016 season, 2015, 2014, 2013, etc. If you want to go back in time, that's totally fine, but all of the shows get cut up and put up on YouTube, so if you've missed anything, you can go check those out on my YouTube channel, linked down below. And another big shout out to everyone supporting the show and keeping it going forward on Patreon. If you want more shows, more podcasts, 
I've basically doubled the amount that you can receive, and those are listed and linked audio only on my Patreon page. So there's currently 17 of them. They're called the Patreon BTS shows. These are like when I sit down with my my guests and we go over the show notes and go over the scripting and sort of like meet and greet so we don't go on the show cold on Sunday. But there are a whole ton of these and a whole bunch of nuggets come up and it's just, it's super just off the cuff, just banter. Preach and I talked for two hours in the uh, Legion So Far one. But if you want a little bit more about talking about nerdy stuff in World of Warcraft with the the guests on your sh on the shows, then... Go check that out. Again, link down below or in the description box on YouTube. But that's that. Now let's get a little more mathy before the nitty-gritty section comes up. So I think stats is up next. Talk stats. Oh, boy. Oh. oh, come on. It has to be. There has to be something there. N no? So it's actually pretty bland. There's not yeah, much really. to it. Okay. Well, I have the uh, I have Zero's link here because he has this. I don't know what the default one on here is, but um, so what is the 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 beacon a din prioritizing secondaries then? And Pelly wanna crit. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. just jumped right in there. Crit. Oh. Yeah. Pretty much uh, works out such that at a one for one ratio, intellect is slightly above crit, depending on your gear levels, all that shifts, but you're safe going for intellect. And then crit is your best stat up to certain thresholds. It starts to feel really good around 40%, but you want to keep going until you hit 45% with the Nighthold set, but 50% in Tomb of Sargeras. And then after that, mastery and verse are roughly equal, because verse is a versatile stat, and mastery it's better on some fights, but worse on some fights than versatility, so you can pick or choose there. They're both pretty good. And then haste is our lowest stat, but it's still not terrible, per se. Okay. You're looking at the weights here. This isn't like a pawn string like that, but you have your intellect at 1, credit at 0.95, mastery and verse, at least in the base thing, is 0 0.85, 0 0.83. I think a haste definitely falls off a little bit. Just a little bit. I think the key thing to note with the spreadsheet especially is our stat weights are fluid. So every single piece of gear you equip, those numbers will change. And that's why the spreadsheet is so valuable, because you can just change your, your, your weights and those numbers will actually get affected. Um, but typically, especially for new paladins, like when we say, oh, well, how do I gear? Get to your crit threshold, either 45% with T19 two-piece or 50% if you can, and then go for intellect, and your other stats will just kind of balance themselves out. Okay. Well, that's pretty straightforward. So the only... Is, the, is there a reason why there's a, the feel-good, you know, soft or, or break point, as it were, with like the 45 or the 50% crit? Is that just for consistency, or is there anything else? What, what factors into that? Uh, it's Holy Shock, mostly. Holy Shock gains twice the effect of crit, so at 50% is where your Holy Shocks are guaranteed to crit, and 40% is where most of your Holy Shocks will crit. Okay, and that leads into, of course, feeding a diffusion of light and, and going through the yeah. hole. Okay. Sounds good. Set bonus time. These aren't, not to be diminutive, aren't really that much more exciting than stats. So you're tier 19, <laughs> you're, you're sitting in tier 19 right now, the battle plan of the High Lord, which increases your Holy Shock's critical strike chance by 5% on your two-piece, hence the 45%. Aha. And the four pieces infusion of light is one extra charge. 
and that's yes, our our four piece was actually a, a really good throughput increase for us. And I mean, it did change your playstyle. You wanted to use both of your infusion procs on flash of light, typically. Oh. Um, and it, yeah, it was really good. The one thing that it kind of changed for us is prior to T19, we were known as like, oh, you know, we don't need mana. We're the we're the healers that never need mana. Suddenly, T4 uh, T19 four piece, we're using a lot more mana. Um, so that was the one kind of downside to it, where we had to adjust for that either by you know bribing a ret pally for a wisdom or just making being more conscious of the fact that you are going to be using more mana to to use that increase through throughput. Um, but I really like this current four piece. Okay. Yeah, the mana difference. So Flash of Light's 18% base versus Holy Light being 12. So I can see how that would definitely add up over time. But the Infusion of Light bonus, 50% more healing on Flash. That's a substantial amount. And yeah, so it makes it so an infusion, an infusion proc Flash of Light is more heals per mana than a Holy Light. So that's okay. why we wanted to use flash of lights for almost every single one of those infusion procs, unless it was going to massively overheal. That's the only time you wouldn't use it sort of thing. All right. So that is where you're sitting currently. Pal, do you have anything else to, to note about tier 19 or pretty solid overall? Nope. Well, it sums it up. It's a bit on the boringer side, but it does spice things up a little bit enough for a set bonus anyways. Well, you're, you're talking about spicy. So you've got the tier 20, the Radiant Lightbringer armor happening here in the Tomb of Sargeras. So your two-piece reduces the cooldown of Light of the Dawn by two seconds. I don't want the the, the cave in there. It's Light of Dawn. And the, the four-piece is that for five seconds after casting Light of Dawn, your healing spells will transfer an additional 40% to your Beacon of Light target. So and need I remind that you have this this fantastic Sacred Dawn Golden Dragon <laughs> that allies inside Light of Dawn will receive 10% increased healing from your spells for six seconds as well. So there's a bit of a synergy there, but what are your guys' thoughts? I guess we'll go to Pell on this one first. What are your thoughts on the Radiant Lightbringer Armor, your new tier 20? What what's What's happening there? I feel like I'm crazy because I'm the only one who likes it, apparently. Like... Everyone seems to be trashing it and disliking it, and I see the potential in it. I think it's kind of cool, but um, there are some valid concerns there where, you know, it's moving more healing onto beacon, and do we really need that extra beacon healing? And that comes down to raid tuning, and our boss is going to be hitting hard enough that our beacons are actually going to be healing, or is it all going to be overhealing? But assuming bosses hit considerably hard, I think it's a pretty cool set bonus. There's some shenanigans you can do where you bestow faith before you light of dawn, and then the bestow faith will trigger during the five second window. So you get the double beacon transfers there, and then you can fit in two spells, generally a holy shock, because with the two piece, your light of dawn and holy shocks will have roughly the same cooldown. And you can either get an infused flash of light, or what I'm kind of hoping ends up being good, maybe it won't be, time will tell, is the Maraud's Dying Breath Cloak makes your next Light of the Martyr after Light of Dawning do up to 50% extra healing and beacon transfer. So there's some crazy synergies with that one, but is it enough is the question. I think it sounds fun. Time will tell if it's actually good or not. wanted to bring up the, uh, the Tier 20 on the model viewer on WoWDB, and a few of them are broken on the newest build. They're not loading properly. Damn it. It looks nice. Can't though. see the flashlight. 
Well, I mean, not all of them. They're not loading. The shoulder pads aren't loading properly. They're too big or, or not. Or or in the head. Or in, what? The, in the head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think one thing that, that's going to come out of um, the T20, just by virtue of what it does, is double Holy Paladin is now going to face further diminishing returns than it already does. Right, right. Um, to the point where, I mean, I wouldn't sit my sit a second holy paladin for a inferior player or a character with no gear sort of thing um but it's gonna have an impact on your comps coming in um because double holy paladin we already see diminishing returns on beacon overhealing and with this four piece we're just going to see so much more and it's going to be to the point where the paladins aren't con the second paladin isn't really contributing um as much as another healer would which is which is tough um i i am in a situation my guild does have a second holy paladin and he's wonderful um, so we're going to basically be swapping most of the time on Prague. I think it's, uh, we're going to very rarely see a situation where the double Holy Paladin will be worth it. Hmm. Cause that's what I brought up that earlier about the double Holy Paladin thing. And the, the, the tier 20 sort of cannibalizes that outside of the, I guess, sacrifice nonsense, but because your tier 20 is really will hurt because you won't need the extra oh, I mean, it depends we'll we'll see i mean are we gonna have lich king level healing in tomb of sargeras where tanks are like dead or alive and you have to like expand them forever and ever and ever but it is the overall bonus of this i mean i think one of you called it like it's the the light of dawn set it's all just like the it's very very focused on just spamming light of dawn on cooldown essentially which then makes so that we get to make sure you're hitting the right targets with light of dawn because you want to work on your golden dragon i would assume at the same time but is the 40 percent you may have said this in a way i don't know if i, I understood is the 40 percent more it's a multiplicative amount on the base 40 percent right it, it works out to uh double because the beacon transfer amount changes so with like base beacon and beacon of the light bringer it'll be change from if you holy light for a million it'll go from 400k to 800k but beacon oh. of faith is you get two beacons but they're for 32 percent each so you'll go from 320k beacon transfer to 640k on each beacon so it's easier to just think of it as doubling beacon transfers for that five second time period and then i'm sure someone sure. i'm sure someone will come up with some Pad Lord strategy with Aura of Sacrifice and Beacon of Virtue in that set bonus that I look forward to. But <laughs> I already I already know who's working on that one. Kenny. <sighs> okay. So that's because the weird thing about whenever anything in World of Warcraft says by a percentage, normally it's always multiplicative, but that what yours is because it says an additional. That is a flat additive bonus, yeah, to make sure that there's a distinguish there between uh, what you normally think in your brain is a uh, multiplicative bonus. So so I, that, that leads me to thoughts into heading to, to Tomb Healing, though. Have either of you... I think, Pal, you've done some PTR boss testing, no? I've done a bit. I haven't done much with the new set bonus or anything of that nature because I've been busy as of late, but with the 7.2 before 7.2 went live, I did some of that PTR testing. Not as much as I maybe should have, but... I've done a bit. Okay. What are your thoughts heading into Tomb then for the healing stuff? What have you seen? Anything jumping out at you? Um, not really. Like, we have some cool utility with bops and things of that nature going forward. Standard stuff, though. 
it's not unusual that a boss will have some mechanic you can trivialize with bop or anything. Uh, I've heard that they're focusing a lot more on adding raid rot, I guess is the way to put it, where, you know, the entire party is taking damage and focusing less on star auger type mechanics where like five people are taking an extreme amount of damage. Instead, that damage is spread out over 20 people, which okay. is generally more fun for healers because I'm pretty sure every healer will agree, at least every healer I know, that healing Elisond is a lot more fun than star auger. So, yes. Okay. A lot more of that. Or you can say it's even um, the oldest one going back to just uh, like Cindergosa aura, essentially. Like everyone's taking yeah. damage. You have to counter. Okay. Yeah. You don't you don't miss healing Rack on, on Sinestra where one person was taking damage? No? Not really. No. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Yeah, I've seen that. That. It's weird from a DPS perspective that I don't understand the feel of how raid ebb and flow works and how health bars work. I pay attention to like myself, obviously, and like I look at the tanks because as I shot call on the raids, if like one's down and there's no battle res, I'm like, all right, well, back to one. So, but from that standpoint of how how raid healing just sort of feels like you're always fighting health bars, but how those health bars fight you is I guess how you have to have the muscle memory as a healer and, and how that changes or what kind of debuffs they give or they did say in the last Q&A that like three tank fights are always a thing that they think of are okay to have in and then different mechanics that you have to deal with like Blast Furnace or like with Mind Controls or Master Spells like, myth, like Mythic Helia and those are okay but that really forces a different I don't have a word word for this. Like it forces a very different plateau of how the raid healing environment would change if you are forced into those things. And anything could change with Tomb. They only did so much testing on certain bosses. We'll have to wait and see. And testing was broken, I think, on a couple of days. So oh, for sure. We've got very few. Uh, we've got some logs coming out of it. I didn't test personally. I'm always working when it happens, but. Uh, my other Holy Paladin did, and I've been able to look at some of his logs, but I think almost all but one, they were, like, lagging so hard they could barely do anything. Well, there was... One thing... Oh, go ahead. One thing I've heard that's interesting is Blizzard in a Q&A recently with uh, Morgan Day was talking about the fog of war they're adding in Kill Jaden, oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure how true this is, but I've heard some murmurings that people will be in range, but you can't physically heal them, but on your grid frame, they'll still show as in range in that fog of war. So if they take one step to the left, they'll be unable to be healed, but they'll still show up on your grid frame as healable. And that sounds very annoying if that's true, but... You'll have to, you'll have to heal based on actual sight. You can actually see them within your little cone of, of light. Yeah, so you can't use your raid frame. You have to actually, like, mouse that person. Uh. Maybe. You'll still probably use your raid frames. I'm hoping if that is the case, there's some debuff you can track where it's like, okay, this person has the debuff, so I know they're in range, or I know they're out of range, mm -hmm. but it just sounds really awkward to use if that ends up being the case. Yeah, we'll see. It's, a, it's the first time they've actually talked about, to my recollection, a new type of raid mechanic, like, openly. Like, this is a new... The Fog of War system on Kill Jaden is totally new. Like, this doesn't exist before until this encounter. So, 
looking forward to how that plays out. Yep. Because normally we get kind of complacent as raiders, like, oh, there's a, you know, this tank debuff is the same as this boss fight, or these ads spawn and do this, same as this boss fight does, and we just kind of, like, we understand. They just kind of move ability A from boss X and move ability C from boss Y, and there's the new boss. So, if they're adding brand new stuff that actually requires, like, different architecture in that encounter, then that's exciting. So we shall see. What may or may not be as exciting to talk about, depending on who you are in the in the, the World of Warcraft community, is legendaries. So, what's the hierarchy for legendaries for the Holy Paladin as it currently stands? And I guess open with uh, your two new ones. So you have your ring, and I don't know what your other new one is. I actually didn't write that one down. The, the Topless Tower. Oh, yeah. the, oh, what a wonderful name. <laughs> It's only called the Topless Tower? I it's mean, called the Topless yeah. Tower, yeah. Because that hasn't been named to the High Hells yet, has it? No. Hmm, okay. Fair enough. So how are the two new legendaries, then? I mean, Hula, you, 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 you brought it up. How are, the, how are the Topless Tower and the Seal of the High Lord, then? Uh, the ring is looking decent on testing. Um, how decent, we still don't know. But it is being ranked up there in the, in the top one or one and a half tiers of the legendaries coming up. I, I mean, as legendaries go with everyone, it depends on which ones you have, what the fight is. Uh, I know in the Discord we do promote a ranking, a tiering of them, but as I've been told to make sure it's done explicitly, they are very situational. It depends on your bot, on the boss, it depends on the encounter, it depends on your raid comp, it depends on your healers. Mm -hmm. All of those things. Like, There's basically four that we've got listed in the top tier right now for T19, which is Ilterendi, the ring, uh, the shoulders, Pridas and Velens. Uh, come T20, shoulders are getting moved down because they're just going to counteract with our four-piece. You're just going to get overhealing from them. And the DP ring, um, the new ring is going to be moved up. Uh, but basically, it's going to come down to make your own choices based on those rankings. Um, but those are, if you've got those four coming into T20, you're in a good spot and every fight you'll have two of the best legendaries available to you. What, um... What talent, I did forget to ask, what talent does your ring give? Uh, divine, divine Purpose. Oh. Wait, does that, does it give Divine Purpose for every Paladin spec? Because it gives it for Rhett as well. Uh, Rhett gets, Prot gets something else. They okay. get a uh, Holy Shield. Ah, yeah. okay. So Land of the Dawn, Holy Shock, 15% chance to not start their cooldown and make the next cast free. So I, I, you can run that with Avenger or Prism at the same time. That seems like a good trade-off. It's actually pretty cool with our new four-piece, I think. It's one of the ones I'm excited about. I have some hesitations because it's so low on crit that with it, you might not be able to get the crit cap, depending on whether or not you run a different trinket and tomb and things of that nature. But you can Light of Dawn to proc your four-piece and then chain the five-second effect if you get a Divine Purpose proc, where you hold on to that second Light of Dawn for five seconds and just hopefully keep that going for a long time. But That's true, yeah. There's some fun interactions there. Yeah, there's even more. I mean, again, that even pushes more to the whole, like, Light of Dawn tier. Only a 15% chance. Is it really just a pure chance divine purpose, or is there an RPPM mechanic behind it though? It's fifteen percent chance. Just a just a flat. Yeah, just chance. It's just RNG, and that's that's okay. the one kind of thing that people are 
you know, pushing back against as a healer, RNG stuff sucks. Right. Because um, you could get like, and this happens to everyone who uses who has used Divine Purpose on fights. You're sitting there, everyone's at full health, and you get six Light of Dawn procs in a row, and you're like, oh, this was wasted. And then suddenly, you know, everyone's taking damage, and you're not getting any procs, and it just feels like, why did I take this talent? On the on the other side, sometimes they proc right when you need them to, and suddenly you are doing all of the healing in the world. So it is RNG based. That's the major disadvantage to it. Uh, it's going to come down to really just how much use you happen to get out of it. Yeah, it's the same thing with uh, the other legendary too, the Topless Tower. It's just a flat 10% chance to give you Avenging Wrath for 8 seconds. So, again, RNG. We don't like RNG. It'll just proc when you need it or it won't proc. And that one is just a little bit undertuned in general. But even if in ideal circumstances, like, it procs exactly when you need it and you never overheal. And it's still not that good, though. Blizzard's new thing in these tier 20s and the new legendaries they love the chance for you to gain a talent or giving you a free talent obviously all the rings or a lot of set bonuses have like the stack and then x that's their new thing in tomb that's like their their new three big things give you free talents give you chances to proc a talent and then stack something and then hit the button that does more of x but that's very fine for DPS, like we'll 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 handle it, but that's also been a thing that comes up a lot on the healer shows is that RNG procs for healing is never super engaging because it's just like oh I got wings on a transition on my last heal I know it's taking damage I look pretty though yeah I mean RNG if it procs at the wrong time for a DPS can suck too but at least sure. when it procs like you're at least always doing more damage. That's fine. You're always going to get benefit out of it. Whereas we can sometimes, I've gotten concordance to proc when everyone is literally at full health and stays that way for the entire duration. I'm like, oh, okay, that was worth it. That was worth farming all that AP. Right. Yeah. Well, concordance is just a weapon enchant anyway. Anyone, like, the argument about, yeah, it's just a weapon enchant. It really just, it only matters as much for tanks. The doubling up on the versatility for tanks is just silly. That's ridiculous. But for healers and DPS, it's like, eh, whatever. Eh. I track it. I probably shouldn't even track it anymore, because sometimes it's like, oh, this is happening during our mastery. That's great, even though it really isn't that impactful. So it's probably better not even to just track it, and it just, if it happens, it happens. If not, then life goes on. Right. I I'm sorry, can I say, oh. I, oh, sorry. No, I you, no go ahead. I there, was going to bring up your other one thing I... <laughs> Yeah, there's one thing I saw in the chat, actually, which I want to touch on real quick. Uh, someone said DP doesn't really decrease your healing without proccing. It's just a bonus. And that's true. Um, and talent-wise, people normally would take it to save mana because the other two talents on that tier um, use mana, whereas um, Divine Purpose kind of saves it, in a sense, without sure. decreasing your throughput too much. However, in the sense of the legendaries, keep in mind that it doesn't decrease your healing, but it's taking a legendary slot away from you. Right. Right. So it's kind of that back and forth. Like, do we want the RNG? And again, it is testing well. That's why we've ranked it in that top tier. Um, so, right. But it's going to depend on the fight. Sure. So I wanted to bring up your other legendary. It's purple, but it might as well be. So the Drape of Shame exists. 
but it's we get to wear 2.5 legendary right and just to pass over it because every healer show always brings it up uh pal you told me there's a very just raw eye level component with the drape of shame how many eye levels is it worth for the holy paladin it's worth about 32 item levels 32 to 35 depending on various things um i'd rate it generally around 500 intellect is what i consider the equip effect worth and it seems to do well so it is really good if you can equip it and you don't sacrifice other things but me for example i have a really nice 920 helmet that i use and so i was able to swap to the tier cloak and that 920 helmet more than makes up for the drape of shame equip effect for now but you'll be able to get a 915 one fairly easily and next patch that is and it'll outweigh it then and if you use Maraud's Cloak, then that has to be factored into Maraud's Cloak as a 1% loss on Maraud's because it is worth about 1% raw healing or 500 intellect. It'll probably be closer to 600 once we get tomb item level. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's, that's funny is they it was initially 10% and they nerfed it to 5. And, you know, people are saying, oh, thank God they nerfed it. And I'm thinking, all that means is now I have to go farm a higher item level one. Yeah. That didn't help me at all, because that just means the 870 or whatever I had is no longer good enough. So, and now that, of course, Mythic plus Karazhan is open, um, we are, are all going to be wanting to try to get as high item level ones as we can. I mean, yep. who doesn't love running lower Karazhan, man? That instance is great teaming. Love it. Mm. And our boxes, our weekly uh, cash, our hero's bounty goes up soon when Mythic uh, Tomb actually opens. It goes up to like 9.15 or 9.20 base or whatever. I think it's actually 9.20 because it goes up by 15. You have to do a 15 to, to actually get that on your Tuesday. And a 15 will be like doing a 19 right now because of the new Mythic Plus boost. So it'll feel tough at first, but then once you get Tomb Gear, it'll feel like the same thing as it is now. So we'll have to wait and, uh, and see how, if anyone gets super lucky. Like, all the DPS want a Chaos Talisman to roll way up there, but, you know, everyone gets one, it's like, yeah! The my Death Knight got a 900 yeah. socketed one, and it's my, like, fifth alt, so... Uh, Chaos Talisman, that is. Yeah. It's, like, one of the best trinkets for so many melee, but it comes from a place you can't get it outside of your box every week. Yep. And I guess, lastly, uh, on the trinket discussion here... A lot of the trinkets that are in the Dungeon Journal on live right now look like actual garbage fires because their numbers are just not correct. So are any of the actual trinkets from, from Tomb of Sargeras, the healing trinkets, going to trump a stat stick and cake? Like what 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 are the, the trinkets from, from Tomb looking like? Are they actually like, oh, this looks okay? Or are they all kind of blah? Paul well, made a point last night that I don't want him to make again, but he's going to have to. Oh, what happened? The, the kill, the kill Jaden trinket's broken, yo. I think is the best way to describe that. Uh, I'm sure it'll get nerfed in like the next three weeks because I don't see it going live as is. Mm -hmm. But it's just very powerful, and again, potentially puts Paladins at risk because the trinket is good for literally every healer right now, and it's all healing on tanks. Because what it is, is it puts a two-minute debuff that you have two charges of, instant cast, uh, on a tank or a single person, where they take, I believe, heroic right now, it's 150,000 healing every three seconds, scales with crit, so it is best for Holy Paladins, because we have the most crit, keep that in mind if you're doing loot. Um, 
And then if <laughs> if the if the target falls below thirty five percent health, they gain an absorb shield for about two million. So if all your healers are running that, that's a lot of tank healing that's happening just from trinkets. And I imagine Blizzard's in quite the spot because this is a cool ish trinket drops off the last boss, we want this to be powerful, but in order to make it more powerful than the traditional stat stick or arcano crystal, it has to do like 8-9% to raw throughput and if all that's on the tanks well, for like a Holy Priest for example, that's maybe a 30% increase to their tank healing in order to make that 8-9% to total healing it can get insane pretty quickly and eats into beacon transfers and things like that What's the trinket called? Uh, the Deceiver's I... Grand Design. Okay. Because I know we were looking through, if you look through the, like the Dungeon Journal on Live right now, all the values like of these... 2,000, yeah. Yeah, the values are awful. Like the one trinket that sort of acts like the uh, the random free proc heal trinket from, uh, from the boat back in Wrath, it heals for like 17,000. We have 4 million HP. Like, what is that? So don't look at those. That's why we have to bring this up because some of them are actually going to be way different once the patch lands on Tuesday. Yeah. So the KJ Trinket for healers. All yeah, right. Beyond that, I think we're still going to be using uh, Valens, Arcano Crystals, Stat Sticks, generally. Okay, well, nothing else. Maybe. I'm holding out faith for the Fallen Avatar Trinket Archive of Faith. Uh, it's a channel, two-second channel, which is kind of annoying. It has a 90-second cooldown, or 60-second cooldown, sorry, on PTR and heals for 3.4 million. Again, it scales with crit, so 50% crit makes that a whole lot better. And it even scales, or transfers, last I checked, it could have been a bug, but it does transfer through R of Sacrifice, too. So it's a very mana-efficient way to get a lot of R of Sacrifice healing. That trinket could be good, and it has raw crit on it, so it lets us hit 50% crit very easily if we can use it. Okay. But... Well, we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure you guys will have pins up in the holy part of the Discord, where you're like, oh, this trinket, this trinket, etc., and uh, see what that works on. Because uh, the, the, uh, Hula brought up the Arcana Crystal, and I finally got one on my Shaman. The, my main character gets one last out of all of my ults. And it's only an 865 with a socket, but it's the same, like almost the exact same, if not mostly more powerful than like an 880, 885 Bloodthirsty Instinct. It's so much more consistent because it's just there. And they won't nerf these stat sticks, though, but I think Blizzard has found a flaw in their trinket design, which is why people brought up how, you know, to make new trinkets to pull you away from those, they have to be Velen's level, literally legendaries, or way strong to just pull you off the like, crit statistics. Yeah, and the Arcano Crystal for us is actually valued super high. I think like an 860 is worth, you know, better than a 900 plus item level trinket of another <laughs> sort. It's dumb. Um, and I, I have an 870 and it's still my best trinket other than Velen. Right. So it's, it's just so many stats. And like we were talking about with our stats before, no stats are bad for us. We get value from every single one of our secondary stats. So having that many of them is just beneficial. Right. Yep. And if they all, and without having to worry about like how, how your, 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 stat weight changes if you give if you're giving a bonus to all of them then there's no other need to like figure anything out because it all goes going up and yeah that the, the trinket is 
is way too strong. I think my Demon Hunter finally doesn't use the one that he's been wearing all this time. Because I have like two 900 plus trinkets now. Finally. And then I'm like, okay, we'll take this thing off. It's like, you're, you're finally getting rid of this thing that you, you know is good. But you're just like, damn it. It's stuck on your leg like a, like a gnome or something. While we're so, on trinkets, just sorry, really quickly, is yeah. one thing that comes up a lot is mana trinkets. Oh. And we are we are very mana efficient. Um, so mana trinkets are not something we really go for. But some people might get better use out of them than others, depending on, you know, how much you cast and how much mana you go through. Mm -hmm. um, if you are looking for a mana trinket, uh, also long progression fights like Mythic Gul'dan, a lot of paladins swap to a mana trinket. Uh, you want Amalgam Seventh Spine, which is the trinket out of Black Rock Hold. Um, high item level, obviously, but it's um, it's base intellect and it puts a buff on someone every time you cast Holy or Holy Light or Flash of Light on someone. It just has a ticking debuff or buff rather, and when it expires, it refunds mana to you. And I use it um, frequently. Um, I personally use it a lot because I actually can st still maintain my crit cap even when I have it equipped, and it's one of my only intellect trinkets with a high item level. Um, and it will return relatively the same amount of mana as a Blessing of Wisdom. Over the course of an average fight, okay. Yeah. Oh. But other than that, all the other mana trinkets, like Paradox off Elisand is garbage for us, and, <laughs> and the other ones are really not worth using. So if you if you are looking for a mana trinket, you're finding yourself running low on mana, uh, you don't get a wisdom sort of thing, then that's the one you want. Okay. Sounds pretty straightforward on that one. Hopefully not as straightforward, and with some wiggle room, we can move on to talents real quick here. And again, I'm looking at the, the PTR version on WoWDB, so that the numbers are going to be different from live, a, a few of them, I guess. And uh, just to make sure we're on the same page, because the patch just come out on Tuesday. But, Pell, you want to walk me through, like, a, a, a standard Holy Paladin build right now? Is there much wiggle room, or is it pretty much a set-and-forget sort, of, uh, sort of thing? Uh, it's pretty set. There are a couple small options, but it varies between dungeons and raiding a lot. Uh, for raiding, you're looking at Bestow Faith. Rule of Law, you pretty much always take. The 45 row, it doesn't matter. They're all utility CC spells. And then there's the R of Sacrifice, R of Mercy, Devotion, R of Eternal Debate. You, wherever you land there, you can take that. Uh, Holy Avenger is generally the go-to. Divine Purpose has some use with mana efficiency. Holy Prism's okay, but fight-dependent more so. Judgment of Light is just always the best for raiding because it does a lot of healing and judgment costs basically no mana so it's mana efficient and then beacon of faith in raids is your go-to because there aren't many fights where only one tank's taking damage if there was hypothetically a fight where only one tank takes damage at a time you would be beacon swapping with lightbringer but there's nothing like that this tier except for star auger where people one tanked it anyways so okay yeah you have like you said, you have like the aura tier, and then you have like the two. You you brought up. You brought up your rule of law earlier. I don't know if you just you went by it because rule of law is in a weird place. I guess technically this is a whole. It's a a personal or movement tier because rule of law giving you. The extra range on your heels and reach of mastery for that thirty second recharge two charges like how. That's a. Hmm. It's weird, because Rule of Law changed. It's really good. Is it really good? Okay, I mean... Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. It's a okay. really, really good talent for us. Okay. It's it's the spell when I play my other healers, I'm like, man, I wish I had Rule of Law. Even though it's not that broken, it's it's still really strong. 
because just having that 60 yard range when right. you know you're hunters in china and you're like god damn you hunter i need to heal you you can <laughs> yeah. pop it and heal them and uh it does work out because it's competing again with a mobility talent that we don't really need because paladins naturally are quite mobile because we have so many instant casts even though we're kind of slow but we have divine steed if we need it and unbreakable spirit you know Lay on hands isn't really good for healing. It's nice for emergencies, but you're not going to be throwing it out too often. And we're already so sturdy that we don't need the extra survivability. And rule of law just gives you that little tiny bit of extra throughput. And when you need it, that extra range. Okay. There's there's also like the 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 melee like DPS paladin that comes into play with like Crusader's might. In divine purpose, I guess those are the ones that really work out in in that regard, like the 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 new Shakadin, as it were, with with DPS. Uh, yeah, you take Holy Avenger generally with that. Yeah. Because oh, you Holy Avenger instead. Oh. Thirty percent haste. Yeah. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah, with wings, Holy Avenger, it basically becomes a alternating Crusader strike and Holy Shock, and it's a lot of damage. Okay. Um. But as one thing I want to mention, so there's really only two tiers where it's kind of like, oh, pick what you want or change it by the fight, which is the auras and uh, the 75 tier, um, Divine Purpose, Holy Avenger, Prism. The 75 tier is, you've got people in, in every camp. I'm a Holy Prism and Divine Purpose girl. Um, I like Holy Avenger paired with Aura Sacrifice, but outside of that, I don't use it a lot. A lot of people love it. I know Pell really likes it. They're all really good. Um, don't get me wrong. Every one of them is good. Everyone has really good uses, but I like the other two personally. That's just a personal thing. And I know there's a lot of people who are who are prison diehards as well. Is Holy Avenger or Avenging Wrath off the global? Because I assume they're, I mean, they're different cooldowns though. One's 90 seconds and one is, of course, two minutes. So, like, you... you you wouldn't normally line them up together. I assume you take Holy Avenger in, in most of the state to have different personal buffs to to kick out healing. I guess you could line them up, of course, in certain situations, but... You line them up with R of Sacrifice sometimes. We talked about that. Yep. But most for the most part, you don't want to use them together. It's fight-dependent. Like, on Gul'dan, if you want to be a little bit of a pad lord, you can pop both of them on the pull and, like, top the right off from that initial explosion and laugh at your other healers. But oh, And the rest are Shaman Cloud Bursts, and you're, like, sad after that. So it's fine. But um, Holy Avenger is just really good because it's the reliable choice, and it's always good because on a fight... Holy Prism, the fight might line up where every 30 seconds you take damage, so you're wasting half of Holy Prism. But there's never a fight where it's like, man, this 30% haste for 20 seconds isn't really doing much for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And Divine Purpose has the RNG element to it. Um, Holy Avenger also has some cool things with it where with the dynamic scaling of haste and things, you can use Tears Deliverance and precast it, and then Holy Avenger after, and you still gain the extra three ticks of Tears Deliverance, and you still, as soon as Holy Avenger comes up, you want to use your first global as a Holy Shock, that way you guarantee three Holy Shocks in the 20-second window, and you can still do that and not lose any effect on Tears Deliverance, even though it's an incredibly mediocre spell that makes me sad when I see it, but... <laughs> Least oh. worth casting. But we look so cool when we're casting it. Come on. I mean, the worst animation ever. They, they, they yeah. I, I can't wait. Maybe next expansion when they fix Worgen uh, and Goblin when they give them their VUs is there's still this they gave us new particles 
and they gave us new spell effects for casters and healers. But melee got all the new attack animations. And for healers, you basically still just stand there. And to sort of soft that, like soften the blow, all the casters now just have like the, oh, my weapon's in the air! And it's down. That's all you really have. There's no other animations with it. Like, you know, mages don't use their stabs. They just sit on their back. Unless they do that, their one ability, right? That, like, uses their weapon, if that exists. So I wonder if we'll ever have in WoW where we're casters and healers and actually use their weapons in some regard. Because they just, like, they just sit on your back or sit on your side. or They don't, they don't do anything. So I hope for that, that that's the start of something greater in the future. But outside of that, talent-wise, where where do some changes come into play here with like what what's like a mythic plus build, I suppose? Like what what are your other level 100 talents? Because obviously double double beacon is fantastic with faith, but like do you talked about virtue a little earlier, Pell? Does virtue have some shenanigans yeah. with it? Virtue is pretty great with uh, Mythic Plus, just because there's five people giving beacon to four of them. That's pretty well all your party. You can cover everyone and top people off real quick. So generally what I run in Mythic Plus, even high keys, although I would change it if I was pushing extremely high keys. I don't really do that. I'm a 10 and done kind of guy right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, you take Crusader's Might, and then the 30 row, it's less important, but I generally take Rule of Law. Cavalier is fine, too. Blinding Light, just because you can use it for free damage. But Devotion Aura generally becomes the go-to, because with Aura of Sacrifice, the 15% extra healing on five targets, a lot less potent. And Mercy, five mans are generally spread out, so you can't even take advantage of that. But Devotion Aura, you're always at least taking 20% reduced damage, so it's doing something. And then you take Holy Avenger and Sanctified Wrath, so that you have the versatility of either really strong cooldowns for this pack, and you can rotate between the two, or just do 2 million damage on the pull and <laughs> yeah, laugh yeah. at all the DPS. Yeah, the the opening burst of a Holy Paladin is a little ridiculous with everything lined up. Holy Avenger and Sanctifying Wrath and Wings and Crusader's Might and blah 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 blah. Yeah. That's, very That's true. Yep. Somebody did bring up, too, that Blinding Light won't deal damage next patch. They're it's removing true. that fun bit of it, so... Yep, I like um, it as a, an extra AoE interrupt in Mythic Plus. True enough. Yeah. And it yep. does proc Foos. So Foos isn't bad in Mythic Plus. Oh, no. I mean, you have so many things you can you can CC, interrupt, and stun. So if you can make use of of, of that, then that's definitely a thing. Yep. Yeah, Blinding Light. The tooltip is, is the updated ones again. From the PTR build, these are all the ones that are going to be going live on, on Tuesday. But there's no more, no more damage on Blinding Light. Nope. And Repentance damage is also gone. Yeah. Yeah, they've taken damage out away away from all of our CC, which sucks. Yep. I mean, Blinding Light actually did pretty good damage. Long cooldown, but the damage it did was significant. I would use it a lot. Yep. Blinding Light's nice to troll your warlocks. It removes dots. Don't be mean to your warlocks. Oh, wait, there's two different there's two different things in chat going on right now. That's good. Nothing about Beacon of the Lightbringer. No. Uh, no, not really. I mean, Faith has been the go-to in Nighthold, and looking like it's going to be in Tomb as well. I mean, we'll see as we get further into it, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it sounds like Light, Lightbringer with all the Light of Dawn stuff going on with our next tier, it, yeah. it seems like Lightbringer might want to be better, but 
use picking your beacon based on light of dawn would be a detriment. You want to pick your beacon based on the encounter and the damage pattern. So yeah, if both things thing... are taking damage, stick with faith. Mm-hmm. Beacon of the Lightbringer has a place, but that place doesn't exist in encounter design. It feels like nowadays, back in you know Siege of Orgrimmar, it wasn't that uncommon that one tank would be taking all the damage and the other tanks just twiddling their thumbs. And in situations like that, it would be great. But I imagine because that tank that's twiddling their thumbs wasn't having fun, Blizzard made it so that both tanks are actively doing something and taking damage. So mm-hmm. Lightbringer falls behind in that scenario. Yeah, I wonder. I think the only fight that I think of that comes to mind that this could work really well on is the Fallen Avatar because you'd have I don't know if you'd need two beacons exactly because your Avatar tanks will be the one that actually takes the most so you can have a regular beacon but then you might have to be really far away in different places either with ranged or with with melee on the other tank on like the, the little maiden ad that, that's there so I wonder there could be some some cause for it I'm just, I guess I'm just pioneering for this because most of the time when I interview people about talents, there's like one 100 talent that's good and you never touch the other two. So it's, yeah. it's possible that you could see use, but I think Beacon Lightbringer probably only would have argument because of your tier and how Light well, of Dawn focus it is. Hmm? I feel kind of the opposite because the four piece doubling Beacon transfers works oh. so much better with Beacon of Faith. <laughs> Because Beacon of Faith is a 64% transfer times 2 versus the 40% transfer times 2. Okay. That's very true. I, cause I get, and then when I first wrote these notes, I didn't know it was an additive bonus to that regard. So that is a huge, a huge benefit. Yeah. So that sounds good. So you, there was not a lot of... It's funny that you actually brought up all three auras... And the only, I guess the only talent that we touched on before is just Fervent Martyr outside of that, because maybe used for Light's Hammer in the future too, so that's the bullet point there's having. A third, there's a third talent on that row? No, oh, what? <laughs> I, uh, sorry, my screen stops the Sanctified Wrath. Oh, it just shows the two, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, in the words of Rhino, he actually said, having Fervent Martyr there is offensive. <laughs> you should all start logging out now with Fervent Martyr on. On all of your armories, just to... Mm-hmm. I've seen it in, in LFR. Uh, I've seen the, the mythical Fervent Martyr Paladin. Oh, gosh. Um, and to the point where I had to take a screenshot and link it in Discord, because it exists. People Aww, use this. But, it exists. Uh, no, it is, it, is a, it is a terrible, terrible talent, and the fact that they're even bothering to touch it is why. Why are you doing this? I don't think we even talked about what the new one is, because it's still bad. Uh, I, I mean... It, if it's if it's no no here nor there, then no need to to yeah. waste time on it, I suppose. So I guess we'll move on to the the nitty gritty. This is the the sort of the sort of the end tail end of the show for ten or fifteen or so minutes. Where if you have questions, you can toss them out, and I have a bunch of just like questions that I've pulled from either Discord or my own brain box that I just kind of like w- wiggle in here. We'll have an open discussion, as it were. So the the title I had for this, as I prefaced a little while ago early on the show, is the Healer DPS Conundrum. And as I said, it will definitely come to light that Holy Paladins do a lot of damage, but all other healers are getting DPS buffs in 725 on Tuesday. If they'll be Holy Paladin level, I doubt it because they can't really talent like you guys can. But it'll definitely help the meaningful damage come to play. And and Hula, in the BTS podcast, you had a good uh, a tail end of this on how healer DPS sort of fits into Legion. 
and then of course we'll bounce back and forth between this and 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 chat. But what is what's your thought on healer DPS? I think healer DPS is super important. Um, I am of the mind that there's always moments in a fight in a it's this progression rating. You know, if you can spare a GCD to add some damage, it'll help. Um, like at the end of a fight, I like to see all of my healers on the damage meters. I mean, they don't need to be doing a ton, but just be there. Don't be not DPSing at all. Um, and what they've done this in Legion is they've given all of us really good DPS abilities, mostly that don't cost mana. So we're not losing resources. The only thing we're losing is potentially GCDs that could be going towards healing. So you have to be smart about it, make the right decisions. If people are dying, don't spend a GCD DPSing. But when it's available, absolutely contribute to damage. It definitely came to a head, I would say, on Mythic Croesus. But that was also a debacle of the Paragon balancing, and apparently only the last three bosses were scaled for 20 points. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure, Blizzard. Yeah. Sure, Blizzard. Um, I mean, there's certain fights where, like, if you're trying to meet a certain DPS check, like the one I used as an example with my guild is Elisand. On progression, we were trying to meet a certain DPS check to skip a certain ring. On farm, we were, were trying to meet a DPS check to meet, like, earlier rings. Um, to skip even more of them, and every time we've done that, it's been really dependent on how much damage I've been able to produce in the first phase. Mm -hmm. But what I really like about it is that I don't talent or gear differently for this, I just spend the first phase towards damage. My wings on pull, I use Potion of Old War, that's a huge thing. If you are damaging as a Paladin pre-pot with Potion of Old War, um, and I, I basically, most of my GCDs, not all obviously, are geared towards damage in the first phase. My other healers pick up the slack, and then in the second and third phase is when there's more healing to be done. I'm just focusing on healing. And we meet that DPS check, and it makes the fight a lot easier. Yeah, that's a good thing if you brought that up. I didn't even think of that. Is uh, Potion of Old War, those don't, don't know, if you buff yourself with any multiplicative damage modifiers, the echoes of war that fly off of you are stronger. So being on the effect of wings would make your old war echoes more. Wings potent. doesn't increase damage. What? Excuse me. It gives you crit, but it doesn't increase the damage. Oh, so the, the crit? Yeah. Well, my my brain math terms usually when I see critical strike, it's like flat damage as well because it averages out to that. But that's fair. Yeah, it gives you the critical strike it, chance, which will make it your... used to give damage. Yeah, but it, that it, was it used to. They right, changed okay. it. Fair enough. That but works. it is still, I mean, it's still a, a, a stat boost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think I was doing a, I think by Mythic 18 the other day, and my tank buddy actually, because we had uh, a Holy Paladin healing, and he actually asked him, are you going to burst this boss? Because he wanted to know if he had to like pop cooldowns early to let the Holy Paladin do damage. But my paladin's like, it's an 18, I'll just I'll just heal. Because <laughs> you kind of have to preface that with holy paladins. Like, are you going to waste everything for the first 10 or 12 seconds on damage? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll adjust, but are you going to do this? Yeah, that's the main thing is how, like, we, yes, we can do considerable damage, and but that's how we differ from Dispriest is to do that damage, we're sacrificing our healing. Mm -hmm. um, both in cooldowns and in GCDs. So it's kind of one or the other for us. Okay. And I do the same thing in Mythic Plus with my tank if I'm healing. He will communicate, hey, I've got shield wall, go ahead and go ham. Right. Sort of thing. But when we get into the 18, you know, I'm, I'm healing. Mm -hmm. So there's a few questions. Uh, yeah, was there a hard cap where you stopped stacking crit? Yeah, it was 45% with tier 19 two-piece or 50% without. And 
a light question. Northern asked, uh, have you calculated how much Fist of Justice reduces the cooldown of Hammer? It's a small one. Do you know off the top of your head? Depends on how I much you judge. What's the, what's the cooldown? It's baseline a minute, and it takes 10 seconds off each time you judge. So right. I think you can get it down to around 30 seconds, maybe 20 seconds. If you're judging on cooldown, maybe some haste plays into it, but it depends on how often you need judgment. Yeah, judgment's cool. Uh, hammer. Judgment's cooldown is reduced by haste, too, so that's kind of a gear-dependent thing. Okay. Uh, oh, I guess we didn't really talk about that. I would twist uh, Northern Man's question. Is wholly viable on interrupts to just, like... Removing... Now I'm gonna cry. Removing... Every interrupt from healers, I think, was like a PvP thing. Because only Shaman now still have wind shear. But all you can do is stun. But if you can't stun to interrupt, you have blinding light, I guess. Like, that's what you Hulu brought up. But do you think it was a good idea to, to remove, like, rebuke, for example, from... No. I miss rebuke. That is my main... Well, that is my one, like, my big complaint of what do you want changed. I want rebuke back. Uh, especially considering the fact that everything in this expansion was the, the whole fantasy is sticking us in melee. We're in melee. We're in interrupt range for our rebuke melee interrupt and you take it away from us. I would use it like last expansion. I would use it in raids. I contributed to the interrupts. I was sometimes on rotations. And now like I'm sitting here in melee watching a boss cast and I can't do anything about it. Arcane Torrent, if you're a blood elf, also acts as, a, as an interrupt uh. silence. But, I mean, first of all, if you're using that in a raid, you're using it for the mana, typically, so you don't want to use it when you're at full mana. Um, and it's got a cooldown. Like, I want Rebuke back so badly. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Because that was one of the weird things early on in progression when we were everyone still getting acclimated to how everyone else's classes changed. And the only healer who has a real interrupt is Resto Shaman. No one else does. I don't... And there's this ranged. Yeah, ranged too. Yes. And it has a shorter cooldown. Yep, that's all. Just keep stacking it up. Just keep, <laughs> just keep going. It's, yeah, it's very frustrating. I don't know why they did that. I, I really think it was only a PvP thing. Yeah, I imagine that's why they got rid of it. I wasn't too attached to the interrupt. Like, it was nice. Used it in dungeons a lot. Sometimes in raids. Like, I remember Iskar used it. Imperator Margok used it there. But in... The game's evolving. I can live without it. If they want to add it back, I'm cool with that too. I'll use it, but I'm neutral on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, how about, uh, do you consider Avenging Wrath to be a personal cooldown used at your own discretion or a raid cooldown arranging with healers, uh, the healing team to use at a certain time? I'll kill anyone who tells me when to use my Avenging Wrath. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a, it's a personal Woo! cooldown. The only fight I believe we assigned it was Croesus. And that's yeah. just because there were so many raid-wide things, and I, I made the cooldown, so um, I put it where it made sense. But I think that's the only... Other than that, it is that's mine. Don't you take it away from me. Yeah, generally, like, your healer core should be able to work together on that front to use Avenging Wrath when it's ideal for the Paladin. It can get complicated pretty quickly, but it's the type of thing that... It's, it's not going to save the raid, right? Like, I think of a traditional healer cooldown of we're all dying to something like 
Black Harvest on on uh, Gul'dan, right? Wings isn't necessarily going to save you because Paladins by nature are primarily spot healing. And when the whole raid's dying, sure, you'll save those four people, but what about the other 16? Fair enough. That's true. That is true. Yeah, then, you know, Debbie said that they, they, they made a stand in melee range that remove a reason for being there. Well, they sort of put your mastery as the reason to stand in melee range, I suppose. Uh, but it is it is a strange one on that, that last regard. Um, how do you manage your cooldowns for healing the carrion people affected during Tychondrius? Ooh. Ah, uh, I beacon swap for this one. Um, oh. My guild does uh, a tank, then rogue, then tank, then rogue. And obviously I've already got beacons on the tanks. When the rogues take it, I beacon swap and just spam the shit out of them, basically. Um, and that's why I, I, I do beacon swap because um, I will also obviously spot heal other people, but then there's consistent healing going to them the entire time. Um, and we use rogues because, I mean, rogues are the best choice for this because they just spam faint the whole time. Yep. Um, and then they are definitely healable. It's it can be tough. Um, it, the other healers do need to help out, but uh, it's typically the paladin who will carry that. Don't think yeah. faint works on that though. Faint works if you take the talent. Okay. Yeah. 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 I got you. You have to take the. I remember getting into that debate with my rogue for a bit, but yeah. <laughs> for, for for us, like we during progression just use ancestral protection totem on the first and third and the second one we just rotated externals for the pillars and brand breaks because healers went out of range and just pretty much everyone was responsible for healing them as we got into mythic splits and farm our healer comps changed and but our gear went up and it wasn't so bad and then our rogue is sitting at five stacks and somehow he makes a mistake and he's at six stacks and i'm like you're dead bro i can't help you and mm -hmm. it's great this is an interesting one. I don't really like ranking things, nor do I personally fall into a, uh, you know, what's the best X, Y, and Z when it comes to melee when I get asked on stream. But I guess this, in a soft way, like what are your healer rankings, what you guys have figured out or what you guys think going into 725? And is Holy Paladin still one of the best? Or, you know, where do Monk and other, other specs lie? I guess it depends on your roster, of course, but what are your... What are your thoughts on 725 for healer? I mean, shamans are always going to be necessary because it's like, mm -hmm. um, there's just, it's too strong. It's, they're always, you always want to shaman in for progression. Also progression due to their masteries when they absolutely shine. Um, and they are the king of cooldowns. They've got just so many things you can use. Um, resto druids, holy priest, fantastic. Um, throughput. Holy Priests I really like because they can kind of act like a Resto Druid in the sense that they can they can just kind of toss heals around or they can act as a Holy Paladin. Depending on which talents they take, they can be triage big single target healer. Um, Holy Paladins, Beacon, can't go wrong. Uh, we're, we're, I think us and Shamans are going to be the only two like mandatory healers. The other ones you can kind of just pick and choose. Monks will depend on how these buffs interact. Um, right now I wouldn't take a Monk. I would put them at the bottom. But we'll see what the changes. Yeah, they out of all the healers for like progressive changes, I think they got the most that were just like Resurgeon is getting nerfed or whatever. Like the 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 paragraph, the patch notes on Mistweaver is is rather up there. A lot of a lot of tweaks. So I'll have to wait and see how they they pan out. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think pretty long, pretty well along the same lines. Um, Holy Paladin, Resto Shaman, Mainstay. The other two slots are up for debate. Miss Weavers could slide in there. Who knows? Uh, I think Holy Priests right now even are in a solid spot, and they're getting better next patch because their new set bonus is really good, and Druids are getting toned down a bit with their nerfs and the shoulders change in set bonus, the 4% nerf, etc. Mm -hmm. um, but Holy Priests also have that versatility of going disc if necessary, assuming the player maintains both specs to a reasonable level, and that has value in a progression environment for sure. So I've got like one or two more. I have to bring up Zero's question, which I don't know if it's trollish or not. I, I assume it's just a, a test question. How to use Velens optimally? Well, um, it, de it depends on whether talents you have. It depends on the damage patterns. Um, we don't want to use it intentionally to overheal. Um, so we want to use it more for the buff factor and the healing, just the added percentage healing. We don't want to be like, I'm going to overheal a, sh a ton right now, um, so I'm going to pop Velens to make use of that. Uh, it's more we want the buff. Um, I typically, depending on the fight, I'll pair it with the Tears or I'll pair it with Avenger. Um, I'll sometimes pair it with Wings if the damage requires it, uh, but it kind of depends. It's just an extra little cooldown, really. Yeah, um, with that one, it's very fight-dependent. I don't use Velens that much because I got into a kind of a shitty situation where I don't have good rings and Pridaz is really good right now. I rate Pridaz above Velens personally. That's up for some debate, I'm sure. But um, you want to make sure that you're using it with R of, R of Mercy or R of Sacrifice, even though the overheal redistribution doesn't work. Okay. The 15% modifier still does work with those. Mm -hmm. So it is good in those situations. But you want to make sure you aren't losing any uses over the course of the fight. So timing the rest of them, but making sure you have it for when you're going to R of R mastery for either Mercy or Sack is the key there. And the, the more you can line up with it, the better, but... Okay. How about a really serious question to end on this? Um, Huli, you want to comment on your experience with Mythicalia and the Chosen achievement? Oh my god, who asked that? <laughs> I think it Dysojin, <laughs> I believe. Dyso, okay. Um, <laughs> our guild has gone in, and since we've been on farm for Mythic uh, Nighthold, we've been taking a day to go do the Chosen Achievement and get it for everyone. I'm, I think, the last holdout because I keep getting murdered. Uh, <laughs> by no reason, no, no fault of my own. My other Holy Paladin Muffles killed me one week, and the second week uh, we were up on the platforms and our tank forgot to taunt the ad. Uh, the Anchor Slime got cast on our Resto Shaman, and she jumped on top of me, and we died. <laughs> so I don't have the Chosen Achievement, because everyone keeps killing me. Well, Thanks, you know, Daiso. You know the real way to get the Chosen Achievement is during progression on your repeat kill, when you have the Holy Priest Cloak, and you die every boss fight, but because the cloak brings you back to life, you actually don't die-die, and you get the Chosen Achievement really early. So that works. Yeah, I think I'll probably just uh, sit in a corner. Hope I don't get any orbs on me. Kill everyone else. Right. Oh, I mean, I gotta. Okay, we got. We get. We can answer with with one more. So, uh, Amantino said to Pal about the uh, value of Pridas over Velens. Does that also apply for progression? And how would you rate Pridas for progress over throughput legendaries such as Illiterandy? I can't 
that word is. Iltrendi. Iltrendi. Um, Velens is one of the ones where it depends on your trinkets. If your trinkets are good, Velens becomes slightly less worse, or slightly worse, because a lot of the value from it comes from the fact that it's an amazing stat stick, and good trinkets are hard to come by in Legion right now. Uh, if the tomb trinkets are good, Velens will probably be a bit worse. Ilterendi, I feel like, is going to be slightly worse in Tomb because right now you have the 12 second cooldown on Judgment and 12 second cooldown on Light of Dawn, but the two pieces making a Light of Dawn down to a 10 second cooldown. So over the course of the fight, you will miss a few Light of Dawns in the 15% healing window. And Prydaz just amounts to a lot of healing over the course of a fight. We have 15% extra max health. I hate that it's that way because Paladins are already so sturdy. Why do we need more self healing? But Healing on yourself, in my opinion, is as good as healing on the rest of the raid. It's over budgeted, has about 800 free haste over any other legendary once you account for all those things, and it has a socket. So, and it can't go wrong. It's good in every situation because you can run R of Sacrifice to consume the shield if you need to, or Light of the Martyr to consume the shield if you need to. Yeah, there's there's a flip on that that I'll I'll sort of tie together. That a lot of DPS, and I wondered. I'll get a feel for this when we start mythic progression here on the on the 27th, but a lot of main DPS right now are having this. Well, I have every legendary, right? For your 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 main, your core spec, and you're waiting for the new ones. And the new ones are nice and juicy. But on progression, living is way more important. And usually because of how Blizzard ramps up damage intake and the nonsense of mechanics. I actually wonder if like people are gonna run like one, if not two, defensive legendaries a lot. It was a joke going around the hunter discord that they're all gonna wear the helm and the necklace, um, or the helm and pants or whatever. Or like I might even wear the male standstill heal yourself pants with Pridas as well, because the the damage difference is not gonna be substantial because you're not gonna unless you're dying to enrages, living equals boss kills. And I wonder if that's going to change how even the top guilds work and what we'll see in, you know, their kill videos or in their, you know, when I do a Q and, you know, I do the, the world first interview at the end. If, if people like went defensive legendaries at first or just went, you know, ham all the time with double DPS oriented ones, double throughput. I wonder how that will, that will be. It's interesting because I remember um, this was back in Odin progression, but that's a while ago now, so the numbers will have changed. But the question I think would need to be asked, or you should ask, is on this encounter, if every single person in the raid wore pride as, would that be enough healing from those pride as on everyone to drop a healer? Yeah. And would the damage from that extra DPSer be more than the DPS legendaries everyone's giving up to use pride as? You're hurting my brain, it's possible. Pal. Yeah, and that's that is. I didn't really bring that up in the earlier part about like how healer DPS versus just dropping a healer kind of works out. Obviously, Blizzard wants four healers in every encounter. Usually, it seems like that's their number. Starhawker and Alison come along and you two heal them. Two heals, yeah. Well, they they fix that ish, right? You still basically three heal yeah. them potentially. So, I do wonder. And we're all over 4 million health now, so the Pride of Shield's a million every 30 seconds. It's a lot of effective HP. So, yeah, that'll change. Because we didn't have the option in the last... We, like, going into Nighthold, not everyone had all the legendaries, right? If you were lucky, you may have had them. I remember Soul Sacrist tweet months ago, like, oh, here's all of them with the little shot of his inventory. Not everyone had that. But everyone, for the most part, should have all the legendaries going into Tomb, except the new ones. So, I wonder if that will... Will change anything. 
But anything that you guys want to soapbox about or leave some some special nuggets for your holy paladins out there before we wrap up? Pell, you want to leave anything? Um, not really. Uh, I guess I can cry about Tears Deliverance a little bit. The spell <laughs> feels awful. I hate it. I remember when Blizzard was like, we have these cool new artifact abilities and they're going to be this powerful moment where you imbue your weapon and it's going to have an awesome animation and it's going to feel very powerful when you use it. And then Tears Deliverance has a lackluster animation where you just kind of lift your weapon up pathetically and then it does a pathetic amount of healing. So. Oh, that's fine. That's what the soapbox is for. Hula, what about you? Do you have anything you want to end with? I think, I think Pally's in a really good place. It's fun to play right now. Um, we are better on progression than we are farm, so don't look at parses, basically, to, to gauge any of that stuff, but um, I think we're in a great place. We do damage. We're excellent Mythic Plus healers. We're great in a raid. Um, and we're pretty in pink. Oh, gosh. Yeah, tears, wimpiness. Ah, poor thing. Poor, poor spell. Well, we'll see in the future. I kind of feel like you should have just, like, taken your giant mace, like, Reinhardt style and slammed it down, like, explosion that been of cool. healing. That would have been great. Every a little bit. Same kind of, like, healing effect, but, like, just better, like, wah! But anyway. Neither here nor there, but I think it's time to hit this button right there. So thank you very much for tuning in to episode number 143 of Final Boss TV, your WoW Endgame rating show. There are community episodes coming up that won't be about WoW at all. More details on those in the future. Of course, you have a little bit more time to vote on the next four episodes that are coming up soon. So peep the link down below for Twitter. If a mod wants to drop my Twitter in chat, you can do that. But around the table, real quick again, there's Hula Hoops or Hula Mom. You can go follow her on Twitter at Hula Hoopsie or you can poke her in Discord. Thank you for being on the show today. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And there is Pell. You can go follow him on Twitter as well at Pellinol1415. And the same name in Discord as well. Sir, appreciate your time today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. But next week, again, I don't know what the show is going to be. So check out Twitter for that. If you've missed past episodes and want to listen to them, you can go just search Final Boss TV on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, or you can go check out all the extra shows cut up all pretty nice with all the side content and things over on YouTube. If you've missed any episodes, you can go check out them in their, their full clipped glory. But about nothing else, thank you all very much for watching, trusting your seal of artifact power. It's not changing in the patch. You can only have six. Make sure you have six in with three on the vendor to maximize your rerolls for when Tomb comes out next week. But that's it, everybody. That's it for me. Thank you again for watching. But until next week, fight! They can't see you, but you can wave with your flappy heads. Go! Are you waving? Who are you waving? I'm obviously waving. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have a great night. <laughs>